The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It is Pat Gray unleashed. As usual, some strange developments with Donald Trump. I don't. I don't fully understand this. Collusion is not a crime. A rhetoric they're adopting. Uh, Rudy Giuliani started that the other day. Went on CNN and uh, said this about collusion. But you're saying that Paul Manafort did not have any power in the campaign? I'm just saying that. I said he had a very discreet, important area. What I'm saying is he was never involved in intimate business relationships with Donald Trump. I mean, that's just four months. They're not going to be colluding about Russians. Mm. <laughs> Which I'm not even know if that's a crime, colluding about Russians. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you start you start yeah. analyzing the crime. The hacking is the crime. The well, hacking uh, is the crime. That certainly is the original well, the crime. Well, the president didn't yes. hack. Of course not. That's the original <laughs> He didn't crime. pay them for hacking. And as you know, it has led other ah. places. The meeting with the Russians. If, if you got the hacked information from the Russians here at CNN and you played it, would you be in jeopardy of going to jail? Of course not. Of course not. No. Okay, so he started that, and now President Trump is using it. Collusion's not a crime. Well... Is that the point now? How? Why are we? Are you admitting that you did collude, or is this is set up to, to to because you're afraid that collusion is going to be proved? Yeah, and his example was if CNN got information from uh-huh. Russian hackers, would you be guilty of a crime? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Okay, that makes me a little nervous because we've <laughs> been on the bandwagon the whole time that he didn't collude with Russians. I've never believed he colluded. Now, whether it's a crime or not, I'd be pissed if we've been lied to this whole time, and now it turns out you were colluding. Now, I don't know about Trump supporters, you know, the hardcore supporters. Would they be upset with that? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they'd be, okay, obviously he had to say that, and now he just wants you to know he didn't do anything illegal, so it's no big deal. Oh, okay, well, huh. (laughs) <laughs> that's that'll be an interesting tactic if if that's the one that they, that they employ if this does come out but I, I don't see any other reason to start down this collusion is not a crime uh, trail why are we doing that why why is that happening it's also amazing to watch some supposed conservatives twist into knots to defend some of Trump's policies. As always, we have to say the disclaimer that many of them have been really good and we support them. I don't support tariffs. Why? Because I'm conservative and I believe in free trade. That's that's why. And virtually all conservatives believe in free trade. Well, until Donald Trump. Now we have to find a way to make tariffs palatable to the right. So if you don't believe in tariffs, if you're a free trade person, what are you now? You're a globalist. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this, uh, didn't, that wasn't the case two years ago, but it, I guess it is now. Here is uh, some of what... Laura Ingram had to say about tariffs and uh, the Koch brothers who, you know, the Koch brothers 
are not in favor of tariffs. They're supposedly uh, libertarians, and I, I don't know how they get away with that label because a lot of their policies are nowhere near libertarian. Um, but they are free trade people. And here's Ingram explaining why that's not a good thing. Over the weekend, the libertarian-leaning Koch Network hosted a Rocky Mountain retreat for donors and political leaders. Well, they used the occasion not to amplify and cheer the president's policies, but to decry them. 82-year-old no. Charles Koch has taken the reins of the network. He released this video in advance of the retreat. Now, he claims opportunities in the global marketplace are creating anxiety and the loss of jobs at home. In response, we're seeing a rise in protectionism where countries, organizations, and individuals are trying to protect themselves from these changes. They're doing whatever they can to close themselves off from the new, hold onto the past, and prevent change. This is a natural tendency, but it's a destructive one. Destructive? Let me tell you about destruction, sir. One could also make the argument that selling out American workers and offering up our industries and our marketplace to the gods of globalism is also pretty destructive. Mm-hmm. Now, the Cokes have become billionaires by mm. building and buying amazing companies. They're really smart guys from steel and lumber uh, and nylon manufacturers. Over the last 20 years, they have grown their wealth by focusing in large part on global operations. Mm-hmm. And some of that includes outsourcing jobs and relocating plants overseas. Wow. Today, Coke has a presence in 50 countries. Mm. They employ nearly 120,000 people. Only 65,000 of those people are in the United States. That's over Now look, God bless them. But America shouldn't be facilitating the outsourcing of jobs, either through really lame policy, like regulation, or through poorly negotiated trade deals. Neither should America be forcing companies to stay here if they don't want to. <laughs> I don't, pretty amazing. I mean, this is really some gymnastics to find a way to support tariffs. This is a tax on goods. And it's not just, it doesn't just affect the foreign countries that you're taxing. The tax is passed along to us. There is nobody who's going to eat this cost. Nobody. No one, not a single corporation is going to say, oh, okay, well, we're paying 25% more now. <sighs> All right, let's just eat that cost. Yeah. And we'll just take less profit. We'll just have 25% less profit. Is that what Trump wants? Then I'm good with it. <laughs> Seriously, I told you before the show, I said, I am so ashamed <laughs> of myself. I'm ashamed of myself because years ago I thought, uh-huh. boy, the left, man, they oh, will do anything to support Obama, no matter what the guy likes, whatever he is standing mm-hmm. for. And we're no better. And, and I am so sorry that I thought the right was different. I know. It doesn't matter. It's whatever the guy with the R after the name that leads the party says at any given time. And um, that's been the toughest realization. Yes. And the hardest to swallow. And just a heads up. Really hard. He's a brand new Republican at that. But anyhow, that's neither here nor there. It's like. The principles that you thought existed on your side of the aisle, they don't exist. Psych. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's really a shame. Uh, but here we are. And uh, she explains further how mm. great tariffs are. Mm. 
Hmm. Here's Laura Ingram. Now, don't get me wrong. The Kochs have done some great work on tax reform, on stuff like deregulation, and also in the area of education. Last year, they spent $90 million on university programs, and they're committed to expanding their support for K-12 education. But I have a question for you. How effective will their education efforts be if Americans enter a world where China dominates most major industries, including the areas of STEM, science, technology, and so forth, including things like artificial intelligence? We can't just look the other way while China and a lot of other countries, by the way, game the global trading system and rack up huge trade surpluses. Also, of course, IP, theft, unfair subsidies, and so forth. So forth and so on. Any fair-minded person Whatnot. would have to agree now with what the White House economic advisor, mm-hmm. Larry Kudlow, a free trader himself, oh Larry said Kudlow. over the weekend. Larry Kudlow. Oh, People no. say, well, President no. Trump's tariffs are damaging this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> right. I say, don't blame President Trump. Okay. He inherited a completely mm-hmm. broken world trading system, including oh. a world trade organization, most particularly China, but not only China. Okay. okay. He's mm-hmm. trying to fix it. Straight to fix now, it. remember the Koch supported that job and sovereignty killing Trans-Pacific Partnership and the NAFTA agreement that both, you know, of course, Bush, Obama, and until the campaign, at least Hillary championed. The Koch network, like the rest of the GOP old guard, is positively furious with Trump's use of tariffs to level the playing field. In fact, well, yeah. they announced last month that they've <laughs> so committed to be. a multi-million dollar, multi-year campaign to oppose what Trump's doing on trade. Now, question, no. though, why would they want to lock us into these never-ending trade deficits when the president's efforts so far are actually bearing fruit? Are they? We saw what huh. happened with the EU last week. Okay. South Korea already renegotiated their deal. And watch what happens in the next few weeks with both Mexico okay. and China. Oh. Really good. Meanwhile, be really good. Really good. American really workers good. Don't worry and even about farmers, it. <laughs> some of them have been caught in the crossfire of this. Trump's tough trade battle with China. Yeah, they have. Yeah. <laughs> but they're standing by the president. Oh, why? well, then it's OK. Well, I think that's kind of why were they? Well, they like that he's fighting for them, they like even it. if it hurts their interests in the short term. They like it. Hold on a second. I'm a good American. Go. I believe that we all have to uh, have to uh, toe the line. So you're OK with bearing the brunt of these tariffs? Am I willing to uh, take my lumps? For the better, you know, for the benefit of the entire country. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I personally am. Well, well, You're then. willing to weather the storm for a certain amount of time, but how long is too long? Well, the Scottish in me says to the death. Oh, Scottish in him. I love that. Well, uh, don't too. you want that kind of yeah. deep sense of patriotism? They I want to make do. money, obviously, but they're also deeply patriotic Americans, <laughs> and they're willing to take that hit. <laughs> Well, I think the Cokes can learn mm-hmm. a lot from those regular Americans. Me what too. they said, this, I love that tape. That's oh, awesome. You're right, it's awesome. Well, that, and they're willing to take the hit. Um, if the president bails them out to the tune of $12 billion, which is the proposal now, $12 billion, he announced, in emergency aid uh-huh. to whom? Farmers. Well, of course, we'll take the hit if the government subsidizes us. I can take that hit if you're going to pay me and make that hit not so hard. <laughs> or 
Let me ask you this. Huh. If they're willing to take the hit because they're so patriotic, well, then they don't need this $12 billion bailout, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you guys are all committed to this cause, you're going to wait and see if this levels the playing field. This is just a negotiating tactic. This is just to level the playing field, and we're, we're going to wait it out. Okay, great. Then what is this $12 billion in emergency aid for? You should be speaking out against that. You should be screaming at the top of your lungs. Hey, no way. We don't want any government handouts. No. We're willing to take the hit because we're patriotic Americans. I just, uh, this is unbelievable. So How you have to twist and contort everything you've ever believed. Go back in Laura Ingram's past and see how many times she supported tariffs. Are you kidding me? How did tariffs become a good thing to people on the right? I, how, how, when did subsidies become okay to people on the right? Well, she didn't even mention that. She just completely ignored the subsidizing the farmers. I, I, she did she completely ignored the bailout. Well, okay, if they're if they're so committed to this, if they're going the Scottish in him wants to say to the death. Well, okay, then you don't need twelve billion dollars, do you? Holy cow. 888-933-93, if you've got thoughts on this. Uh, like many Americans, maybe you have a gun at home for personal protection. And when you practice, you have to go to the range. You have to buy uh, ammo, which is really, really expensive. You yeah. have to pay the range fees. You have the hassle of going to and from the range. And waiting for a lane to open. Yeah, a lot of times. Mm. And... And then, you know, you fire it there for a while and, uh, you know, you can become somewhat proficient. But wouldn't it be better to do all of this training in your home where you're most likely to have to use your personal uh, protection? That's where I, uh, iTarget Pro comes in. It utilizes your smartphone and their app. And then there's a, a laser that you put in the gun in place of the bullet. So it detects exactly where your shots are landing. It's really cool. It's a lot of fun. And you're not shooting bullets through walls. <laughs> so now you can practice at home where it really matters, where you can test out different angles, where you can maximize your tactical advantage, figure out the best ways to do that. And you're doing it all with your own firearm. Right now, save 10% with the offer code PAT when you purchase the iTarget Pro system. It's the letter I, then targetpro.com. iTargetPro.com. PAT. Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray Unleashed. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, Becky Hansen 007 says, my husband and I are not willing to take a hit of any kind. We are patriotic, but we need to live and pay our bills. Quit messing with our livelihood. Yeah, don't blame you. Mike Herman at uh, Laura. Perhaps if the U.S. was a little, little more business friendly, like government staying out of private businesses, then perhaps more would remain here in the United States. Uh, and from Right Wing Ninja One, does Laura Ingram know that Venezuela has a trade surplus? <laughs> so she's advocating that we should follow their model. 
It's, it's amazing to me. It's just it's absolutely amazing to me. This subsidy that she didn't even mention, so, so disingenuous. Uh, American farmers, for the most part, these guys certainly didn't seem to be, but many of them are pissed. And so that's why Trump has proposed this $12 billion in emergency aid to placate them. Uh, Some farmers are not even thrilled by that move. One of them said, I I mean, I understand they're trying to help us. I get that, but it's not a long-term fix. It's a pacifier, so to speak. According to Dave Kestel, soybean farmer in Illinois, I'd rather not have it. And uh, Trump has been widely criticized in Washington, even by members of his own party. Well, it should be especially by members of his own party. There you go. Especially by the right. But the U.S. Department of Agriculture is trying to put a a Band-Aid on this self-inflicted wound. Uh, Tariffs are taxes that punish American consumers and producers. It's that simple. So when the tariffs punish the farmers, you, you shouldn't be giving welfare to farmers. You should be taking the tariffs off of the products. But, you know, that makes too much sense. It's amazing. The uh, average hog farmer is now losing 20 to $25 per pig, according to the Iowa Pork Producers Association. Soybeans have fallen to their lowest uh, price in decades. Um, but because the government highly subsidizes the production of food sources that Americans don't eat or don't need, everything is out of whack. It's... Um, It's why, for instance, junk food is cheaper than fruits and vegetables. Because corn and soy, soy, which are key ingredients of processed food, benefit from on-farm subsidies and taxpayer-funded research. Um, It's why farmers increase planting these crops, even when prices are low, because crop insurance guarantees their income. (laughs) So, Trump's farm bailout includes measures to handle the surplus of food, including purchasing it and donating it to food banks. That sounds great, uh, but perhaps we don't put a tax on food to start this process in motion. There's just a lot of welfare for the agriculture industry. Is this what we want to do now? This is okay with Laura Ingram. All of a sudden, if this was Barack Obama doing the exact same thing, She'd be railing on him every single night about it. Yeah, and I remember there was a uh, a spending bill, it seems like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago that the GOP <laughs> was pushing through, and there was a huge uproar that there were any kind of subsidies. No, it was more. Mm-hmm. It was even more recent when, it, when you want to talk about ethanol, but there were more farm sub- subsidies that almost derailed the bill because the party would not come together, and, and Democrats... Played the, oh, so you hate farmers game. And uh, I, this is, <laughs> oh, man, this feels like this feels like 1930s. It's crazy. <laughs> but so the I, roles I, are reversed. And, and again, you could, could you not? Well, you can, because we do. Could you not be generally supportive of, of what this president is doing? And still call him out when he's making mistakes? No. Why can't, why can't you do that? Why does he have to be perfection personified? It's like he, he is above reproach now. 
He is the only infallible man. He is a person who can do no wrong. And anything he does that you disagree with, you all of a sudden now agree with. Well, he did it, so it must be right. What is that about? Do you still have the Time magazine? Uh, was it Ezra Klein in in the... Uh I don't know. I think it was Ezra Klein. Float above it all. Remember the guy who said uh, Obama's kind of like a god, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Newsweek. Yeah. Newsweek guy. Okay. But that's kind of what it feels like when you try to have a discussion with uh, someone that will yeah, support Trump no matter I mean, what policy. We hammered this guy and the left for this. I mean, in a way, Obama's standing above the country, above above the world. He's sort of god. He's, he, he's, yeah. he's- Now, people haven't said that Donald Trump is sort of god, but they act like it. They act like you cannot criticize anything he ever does, anything he ever did, any policy he adopts. When the fact is, some of this stuff, he's just playing by ear. He's going with whatever he feels at any given moment. And then his advisors will get to him and tell him something and then he'll change it. Just like he did with the abortion question. So if abortion is illegal... Uh, does that mean women would go to jail? Well, yeah, I guess it does mean that. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Did, and his advisors got to him and told him that. Did you did you play on, I'm sorry I missed last night's The News and Why It Matters, uh, but mm. you could get the uh, podcast later, which I intend to do. Did you get to the uh, to the clip uh, Civil Asset Forfeiture Fund last night? Uh? Yes, we, we played one of them. Okay. Uh, we played, yeah, we played the one that was uh, Trump. Okay. Talking about how much he liked it. Okay. Just wondering. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, it, it's truly amazing. In fact, somebody at the table, they were they were discussing civil asset forfeiture. And one of his advisors at the table was saying, uh, can you believe this uh, congressman who actually wants us to make that more difficult? Do we have it? He emailed it just to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and it was it was like a local uh, sheriff, I believe. I believe that's uh, the, who it was. So it wasn't necessarily an advisor, but without knowing anything, he just quickly talked about destroying a guy's career and all sorts of good stuff. And it's just it it's it's amazing, heartbreaking. Listen to this. And I told him in Texas it was was talking about introducing legislation to require conviction mm-hmm. before we could receive that forfeiture. Oh money. no! And I told him you that the me? cartel would build a monument to him in Mexico. Uh, is that what you told if me? If he could get that legislation. Who's the back. state senator? Do you want to give his name? We'll destroy his career. Oh good gosh! <laughs> 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 yeah. How dare he suggest due process? Ah, uh. uh, you know what? Let's put that guy in prison. Let's. Let's poke him with pickle forks for the rest of his life. And, and then the, the clip started <laughs> with him, you know, the guy talking about... The, and, and Trump was just like, unbelievable. Like, come on, man, you're the president. You don't have to say something. Mm. Every well, he time. does, because he, he has to seem as though he's, he's up on the subject, and clearly, he's not. Yeah. And then this, just not. this morning's tweet... Coming for your uh, 3D printed guns, apparently. Oh yeah, great, President Trump. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that here okay. uh, shortly. Okay. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. If you've been looking around for the perfect lip balm and you you're frustrated because you just can't find it, frustrated. You got to try <laughs> Bomb Shot Lip Balm. It comes in this really cool container that looks like a shotgun shell. So everybody on the left that you know is going to gasp. And probably swallow their tongues when they see it. And you just proudly display it. Yeah, it's a great it's a great 
container for it because it doesn't wind up a gooey mess in my pocket at the end of the day. Plus, the lip balm is great. Everybody who tries this, uh, the whole building just loves this stuff. My family loves this. It's Balm Shot Lip Balm. And for Blaze listeners only, you've got a special offer. Go to balmshot.com, use the promo code PAT. And when you buy a two-pack, you'll get a third for free. When you buy a four-pack, get a fifth free. If you go all the way up to a six-pack, uh, they're going to throw in a free Balm Shot logo baseball cap. So you buy six, you get a free hat, plus free shipping. It's bombshot.com, promo code PAT, B-A-L-M-S-H-O-T.com, bombshot.com. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Returns. And welcome. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh back to something that I agree with the president on. Uh he says he'll meet with Iran and their leadership anytime, anywhere, no preconditions. I think that might be a good thing. Said he'd be willing to meet with uh Rouhani anytime they want to, and he would impose no preconditions on such a meeting. They want to meet, I'll meet anytime they want, he said. Uh, and then he tweeted out to President, uh, th- that was the, uh, that was before. Um, but he says a meeting with Rouhani would be good for the country, good for them, good for us, good for the world. It's not clear whether Iran would accept any proposed meeting. However, what they did say was that, um, well, if, if you guys come back to the deal we made, the 2015 nuclear deal, between Iran and six major powers, you sign back onto that, well, that'll clear the path, and maybe we can talk. That should tell you exactly what you need to know about that Iranian deal. It sucked. If they want it, if they want us back in that agreement, it must be bad. Right? Doesn't that That pretty well seals the deal. Respecting the Iranian nation's rights, reducing hostilities, and returning to the nuclear deal are steps that can be taken to pave the bumpy road of talks between Iran and America, uh, tweeted one of Rouhani's Rouhani's advisors. So we'll see. But, you know, you got a chance for, we've already had a meeting with North Korea's Kim Jong-un. It would be really something if he also meets with uh, Rouhani. Could it? I mean, this could reshape our relations with pretty hardcore enemies. Yeah, I just hope that North Korea, meanwhile, doesn't uh, fall by the wayside. It looks like they're still testing nukes. According to our spies, it's, they say they. it looks like they're building new missiles. Yeah, great. Okay, good. All righty. Uh, 888-900-3393. Um, President Trump also said he's willing to shut down the government over uh, building the wall. The president said Democrats need to get on board with his agenda, which includes the wall, or risk another government shutdown. Now, I don't know if he'll actually do this, but 
it's we're going on two years now, and we still don't have the wall. We still don't have, I mean, virtually any of it. Now, they say they've started construction on parts of it, but I have my doubts on even that. But his uh, threat came just days after he met with House Speaker Paul Ryan, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who pitched him a plan to minimize the threat of a government shutdown in September. They did that big uh, $1.3 trillion uh, spending bill. What was that, in May? March, April, May, somewhere in there, in the spring sometime. Mm -hmm. And and it carries us through to uh, September 30th. So the government is in danger again of shutting down because we haven't had a budget since 2009. That's only nine years. Don't worry about it. Why would you? Why would a country? Why would the most prosperous, wealthiest nation on earth need a budget? Because you print money, huh? And you don't really need a budget. Yeah, you don't really need just one, right? You just, we make more. Just make more money. Yeah. It's like Lay's potato chips. Eat all you want. We'll make more. With money? What? Spend all you want, we'll make more. (laughs) What's the problem with that? So the government's already faced a lapse in appropriations uh, twice this year. And this is just a repeating trend. Mm -hmm. Because, again, they won't do a budget. If they did a budget, you know, we could... And they did one every year, we could avoid this government shutdown bullcrap every single time. Could you remind me what the definition of insanity is, please? Um... I think it's something like doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Sounds familiar. Thank you. Mm -hmm. In January, the government shut down as congressional Democrats fought Republicans on protections for the Dreamers. And in February, the government shut down for several hours when Rand Paul opposed government spending increases. Which is awesome. We We should have, I don't know, 534 other representatives like Rand Paul who are willing to put everything on the line and say, no, we need to stop spending more money every year. A third lapse, though, they say is unlikely because McConnell canceled most of the Senate's August recess to give senators more time to confirm various Trump nominees and consider some spending bills. Wow, that's asking a lot of them. You're asking them to stay on the job in August. Can you imagine? Like, if you had to show up to work <sighs> in August, in August, I can't. What other, what job in the world? I just, I don't even ask you to work in August. So that's a thing. Not that I know of until now. Hey, Pat. Good news. With this mean Mitch McConnell. Yeah, what a jerk. Um, huh? Tomorrow's August first. So we're obviously off. You play golf or something for the rest for that. Tomorrow, not just tomorrow, but the entire month, right? I'll get a tea time. <laughs> Imagine. I mean, it's just a given now that, oh, yeah, Congress is taking August off. Yeah. Wait, what? Why? That's just what we do. Because uh, we just do that. Wait, so you just get a month off for no reason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't and, you? Then, and then you just take time off during the rest of the year, too, um, whenever you please? Christmas break, for instance? Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll just keep paying you $175,000. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's nothing to us. And that's like a dollar seventy-five. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. 
and then we wonder why we have problems. We never, we've never raised uh, a, a fuss about Congress. Just yeah, we're taking August off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just don't want to work. You want to go home. But wait, we've got some things to do. We got like. Yeah, there's some important gotta, things. Gotta, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to those. But a budget. We'll get to them in September or October, Ish. somewhere in there. November, maybe. After You know what? After the election, we'll work really hard on that. After the election. <laughs> it's just amazing. Good stuff. Just amazing. Apparently, San Diego is blacklisting companies now that are working on the wall. So here's part of your problem. One major part of President Trump's recent shutdown showdown was a dispute, is the dispute over funding to continue construction on the border wall. To continue, wait, continue I'm construction? Sorry you keep using that word. <laughs> the word continue is important here because oh. portions of the project, they say in this report, are mm-hmm. already underway. In addition to the previous submissions of wall design samples. Oh. Much of that work took place in Southern California and now the city of San Diego has a message for all the construction contractors who have taken part in the effort. Don't bother applying for any more city contracts because you're going to be on their blacklist. That is oh. unbelievable. What in the that world? That is unbelievable. And un-American. Hostile. The majority uh, Democratic San Diego City Council, in a three-to-one vote last week, directed city officials to draft an ordinance requiring contracts contractors competing for city projects to disclose any past and present work as well as planned bids on parts of Trump's planned border wall. And if you've taken part in any of it, now you get no city contracts ever again from San Diego. Is that a problem for anyone? That sounds like a, a problem. Uh, a uh, freedom to associate uh, challenge there, waiting to go to the courts. Jeez. I mean, it's just madness every day. It is... Well, it's... It's a madhouse! It's a madhouse. A madhouse! I mean, it's worse than, you know, apes ruling the world. Talking apes that lock you in a cage and spray you down with water because you stink to them. Because you're a human, and humans smell bad. Yeah. I got news for monkeys, though. We don't throw our poo around. As a general rule, I mean. Well, in San Francisco, we do, but that's a different story. That's a fair point. Okay. Generally speaking, yeah. in most of the country yeah. and most of hum- human civilization, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's probably not a lot of monkeys listening to this broadcast uh, that would be offended by that either way. So don't sell, don't sell don't your sell audience short. short. Yeah, okay. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Hi, monkeys. <laughs> All right, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Um, here is. Uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani talking about President Trump not being at a second alleged meeting with the Russians, hmm. claiming it uh, it never took place. So we all know that there was the the one meeting at the Trump Tower, right? Uh, and now I think they're talking about a second meeting. Here's uh, Giuliani discussing that. There are two different meetings. One of which has uh, leaked out, and the other of which mm-hmm. has been given to three reporters, and Jay Seco and I have been successful, I think, in beating it back. So let me take you through it. Uh, the day of the meeting with the Russians, Cohen yeah. has said, now he's, he's leaked it, so we're not even sure he said it. Somebody said it for him through a reporter. He said, 
that uh, he he was in President Trump's office. Donald Trump Jr. walked in and told him about the rushing meeting. That is categorically untrue. Hmm. Did not happen. Two witnesses demonstrate that. He has talked about this endlessly on those 193 unique, 183 unique recordings, and he never mentions it at all. He would have if it had anything to do with anything. He, the reason he's saying this is it's one of the few things he can lie about where the tapes don't absolutely contradict him, but the uh, testimony of other people does. Uh, second, mm. there was an, another meeting that has been leaked but hasn't been public yet. Okay. That was a meeting, mm-hmm. an alleged meeting, three days before. According to Cohen, or according to the leak, maybe Cohen will withdraw this. I don't know. They haven't pursued it, and the two publications are not going to publish it. I think they found independent contradiction. He says there was a meeting with Donald Jr., with Jared Kushner, yeah. with uh, Paul Manafort, with mm-hmm. Gates, and possibly two others, in which they out of the presence of the president, discussed the meeting with the Russians. We checked with their lawyers, the ones we could check with, which were four of the six. That meeting never, ever took place. It didn't happen. It's a figment of his imagination or his lying. Okay, so that is his timeline on these meetings with the Russians. Now, Cohen's also claiming now, I, I think that the, that the president knew about them, right, and okayed these meetings. And, of course, Giuliani is denying that. But here's where he also says that uh, President Trump wasn't at the second meeting, but the second meeting didn't take place. So I guess there was no meeting for him to attend. But what you're saying now is that there was another meeting that was leaked that Mm -hmm. has not been made public. And I would assume until now, really described by you, Rudy Giuliani, in detail, that happened three days prior that had Don Jr., Jared Kushner, Paul Manafort, Gates, and possibly two others. And that's the meeting that Michael Cohen says the president was not, or the president knew about ahead of time, but you say the president was not there. No. Cohen is not alleging. I don't, look, I don't know. All I have are two reporters telling me Hmm. Cohen told them there was a meeting three days before with a group of people that I said, and that they discussed the Russian meeting, and that the president was not there. He didn't say the president knew about it. Okay. I am telling you that meeting didn't take place, never mm-hmm. happened. Uh, he had to have it with himself. <laughs> okay. So, but regardless yeah. of all of that, even if he were there, and they met a lot, and they colluded the whole time, that's not even a problem. Here he is talking about collusion. Rudy Giuliani, President Trump's attorney, former New York City mayor. I've been sitting here looking in the federal code trying to find collusion as a crime. <laughs> it's not. Collusion is not a crime. Everything that's been released so far shows the president to be absolutely innocent. He didn't do anything wrong. There's not a single stitch of evidence of collusion. Wow. wow. He didn't have anything to do with Russians. He made no deals with Russians. Okay. He didn't get elected because of Russians. Love this. They may have colluded uh-huh. with somebody else, or with themselves, a whole bunch of them, 13 of them, 14 of them. Kind of you watch the Americans, and you can watch the Russians collude. I mean, they, sure. they do it for a living, and they also yeah, do other things. It's not real. But he wasn't involved in it. But, okay. <laughs> I, um... So even if there was a meeting, and they did have meetings, yeah. and they colluded together, that's not a crime. Not a crime. So that's interesting that he's he said that both on Fox and on CNN. Collusion's not a crime. Now the president has picked up on it, too, and he's saying collusion is not a crime. Why are they doing that? Why is this happening now? 
are they setting us up for the fact that they there's going to be some sort of evidence of collusion? Okay, yeah, we <clears throat> at first we said there wasn't, but then we remembered, yeah, there there was, but it doesn't matter because that's not a crime. And is that going to matter to anybody on the right? I guess we'll see. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, Glenn Beck years ago founded real estate agents I trust um, after being really frustrated working with unreliable real estate agents that he didn't get along well I mean they're nice people but they just couldn't get the job done and the house sat there on the market for a long time I mean it stretched on months and then a year and then I think two to two and a half years so Glenn and his team did a ton of research and and found some really interesting data on what made one agent better than another. First of all, great agents are full-time and they have long careers in real estate. Your wife's nephew who dabbles in it, uh, that's not going to sell your most valuable asset, at least not in the time period and for the right money. Great agents don't just show up and agree to list your home as is. They have years of advising their clients about curb appeal. You know, the landscaping, the trim, the paint, the windows. The I mean, first impressions are really important. Professional staging and pictures are huge factors for marketing your home. And when should you list? What's happening currently in your market? What will it look like in six months? Where should your home be priced in, uh, you know, the context of your neighborhood? So this is why you need to work with agents like the ones we have put together in realestateagentsitrust.com. 1,200 of the top agents in America working to earn your trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. This is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Great to have you with us. 888-933-93. Over the weekend at the box office, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Still haven't seen that. Have you seen that? I have not. I've heard it's really good. I don't know that I've seen three or four. Uh, okay, this and this is five? I think or so. Or is it yeah. six? Hmm, five, I believe. It's a bunch. But this is supposedly the best of of the whole series. Uh, and it made $61.5 million. That's his... Biggest opening of this franchise. Didn't Glenn say that? He said this is the best of Uh the franchise? He did. Oh, it's going to be horrible. (laughs) Uh, Mamma Mia was hanging on to number two. Then The Equalizer (laughs) 2. Hotel Transylvania 3. Yeah, I hear that's good. And it's doing well. I mean, $119 million. Yeah. Cost 80 to make. Teen Titans go to the movies. That's cute. $10.5 million. It costs ten million to make. That's that's going to be a money maker. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, which I still haven't seen. I really want to. One hundred eighty three million so far. Incredibles two is up to five hundred seventy two million just in the U S. Jurassic World almost four hundred million just in the U S. 
Skyscraper, though, you know, the Dwayne Johnson, the rock thing did not do very well. It's 59 yeah. million in three weeks. That's because. And it cost 125 million to make. Yeah, you'll watch a three minute wow. trailer. And it's all there. You've seen the movie. It's probably pretty true. I mean, why invest two hours? Probably fairly accurate. Mm. Now, speaking of movies, a guy who has made some pretty good ones in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, James Gunn, of course, fired last week by uh, Disney because he had these just bizarre tweets Mm -hmm. that sounded like, you know, like he's a child predator. Apparently, they're just jokes. Nobody even alleges that he's actually molested children, though. But Disney didn't want anything to do with this, and so they fired him. Well, yesterday, Chris Pratt and the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, crew issued a statement in support of him. I like, you know, I like, I really like Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. Seems like a good guy, real Christian guy. Uh, and so, I don't know if this will carry any weight or not. But um, they say that, you know, maybe you could rehire him because he's already apologized for this back in 2012. Um, and he said, although I don't support James Gunn's inappropriate jokes from years ago, he is, he's a good man. I'd personally love to see him reinstated as director of Volume 3. If you please read the following. It's an open letter from the cast. To our fans and friends, we fully support James Gunn. We're all shocked by his abrupt firing last week. Uh, we have intentionally waited these 10 days to respond in order to think, pray, listen, and discuss. In that time, we've been encouraged by the outpouring of support from fans and members of the media who wish to see James reinstated as director of Volume 3, as well as discouraged by those so easily duped into believing the many outlandish conspiracy theories surrounding him. So he goes through this uh, 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 quite a bit more, but there, here's... This, to me, is the, is the key paragraph. There is little due process in the court of public opinion. It's, there's no due process, is how that should read. <laughs> James is likely not the last good person to be put on trial. Given the growing political divide in this country, it's safe to say instances like this will continue, although we hope Americans from across the political spectrum can ease up on the character assassinations and stop weaponizing mob mentality. And then it's signed by Chris Pratt, Brad Cooper, uh, Zoe Saldana, you know, all the stars, Vin Diesel. Uh, It's a pretty good statement. And it's really true. But will that lead Disney to rehire the guy and and put him back in charge of the third movie? I don't know. I I doubt it. Because that mob mob mentality will, it'll come down on Disney like a, like a house of bricks. Um, it's kind of interesting, though. NB- on NBC, a guy named Clint Worthington was talking about this mob med- mob mentality and the and the difference between the mob on the left and the mob on the right. We're at this really interesting place now where tweets can be weaponized against us uh, for very explicitly political purposes. And um, the pernicious thing about the way the alt-right used Guns tweets to get him fired and exact this Uh kind of punitive measure against somebody who by all accounts did not exhibit that behavior in the future and had worked to rectify it Uh is really troubling. For the most part, I think you could argue that on the left it is at least 
so it is at least born of a desire to improve the discourse and the and the acceptability of of certain people, certain marginalized groups, okay, and diminishing hate speech. Oh, Whereas oh, with Cernovich and people on the alt right, uh -huh. they take those same principles and act on them in bad faith. <laughs> that is an unbelievably outrageous, pathetic. Stupid statement. Sounded like he said it with a straight face, too. Oh, he believes it. Kudos, Clint Worthington. Oh, that is... That's outrageous. Totally. But this is what we're up against. You know, the left can do anything they want. But they're doing it for all the right reasons, okay? <laughs> they're persecuting. They're persecuting people for all the right reasons. On the right, they're just doing it for fun because they're <laughs> haters and bad people. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. Hi, it's Pat Gray. Thanks for listening to the show. I want to tell you about another show that I think you're going to like. It's The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Check it out now, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. From, whatchamacallit, this last presidential election destroyed my way of thinking. Conservatives are not conservatives anymore. DNR working together. Democrats and Republicans working together. Those with morals and principles are being railroaded and ignored. You know, sadly, there's a lot to that, and I... I, we've all been, at least I was taken, you know, Keith talked about last hour how he was taken surprise, taken by surprise by this. Uh, we've talked about that many times, how I just, I didn't see it coming with the right. Excusing everything that we've despised all of these years and ignoring all of that stuff and then just changing ideo ideology. To fit the guy who ran for office. Bizarre. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Not to the extent that we've experienced uh -uh. it. No, because I thought the right, well, we have principles. Um, it's the left. that they don't, they don't have any core. They don't have any foundation. And it's getting more and more extreme in their defenses. Yeah. Uh, from Fidgety Widget, so pay Congress to stop shafting me for a whole month? <laughs> I think I can handle that. Yeah. I won't even be mad if they extend that vacation through Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it is a good, that's a good way to look at it. From Andy, I think maybe you've just gotten so tired of all the winning going on <laughs> that all the perfection is making skepticism creep in. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. Too much. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. I love this story. A Canadian man in his early 20s <clears throat> was unhappy with the high quote he got from his car insurance company. So he decided to do something about it. You got to admire this. He legally switched his gender from male to female. 24-year-old <laughs> resident of Alberta, Canada, first detailed his insurance stratagem on Reddit back in April, boasting that changing his gender on paper <laughs> saved him nearly $1,100 per year. Did it take longer than 15 minutes? <laughs> that's probably a good plan. <laughs> huh. Changing your gender could take you 
could save you 15% on your car insurance. Uh, I don't know if that's 15%, but 1100 bucks a year is 1100 bucks a year. <laughs> I have taken advantage of a loophole. The man whom CBC called David told them, I'm a man, 100%, but legally I'm a woman. <laughs> so the only reason he did this mm-hmm. was to save money on his car insurance. So wait, is he, is he technically a quilt bag now? I, I guess so. Uh, there's something I think there. he could qualify, yeah. Huh, okay. Earlier this year, he David purchased a new Chevy Cruze and was required to get full collision insurance on it. When he contacted his insurer, he was quoted $4,517. His driving record included a minor crash and a couple of speeding tickets. Hmm. Bastard. I know. I mean, anybody that would speed. <laughs> Lawbreaker. Mm-hmm. So he said, I ask, out of curiosity, how much will my premium be if I was a woman? The broker comes back with a quote of 3423 Whoa. So, you know, over 1100 Well, about 1100 bucks A year. Okay. He said, holy F word. <laughs> Only he used the F word. <laughs> Both in Canada and the U.S., male drivers under 25 are normally required to pay more. For car insurance than women because they're statistically more likely to speed and get into car accidents. Mm. So David was angered by what he perceived as gender-based discrimination. And he asked his insurance broker to change his gender on paper to female, but she wouldn't do it. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's a great conversation. I'd yeah. love to. Okay, well, audio. you just change my, you know what? I identify as a woman, so we change my identity on the paper to a woman kudos to this guy he's done what we've always said you yep. know what we should do we should just say he i'm just, a woman he just went ahead and did it undeterred david decided to legally change his name hmm. or his gender yes. not his name mm-hmm. with the government of alberta so that he could obtain a new birth certificate and a new driver's license listing him as a woman okay which he could then take back to his insurer in order to do that, he had to get a letter from his doctor saying he identified as a woman. <laughs> Hold on. At first, he thought that was the end of the road mm-hmm. for his enterprise because he didn't want to undergo a gender reassignment surgery. I mean, he didn't want to live as a woman. He right. just wanted the car insurance rate of a woman. I could see myself totally doing this for a cheaper rate of anything. But all he had to do, it turns out, mm-hmm. was tell his doctor that he wanted to change his sex. Hmm. Done. Nice. Done. I wonder if he nags himself now. That's pretty amazing. Hmm. Uh, no, that is amazing. That's fascinating. You know how um, I've been fascinated in recent years doing genealogy stuff and going back and you find these old records and, oh my gosh, look, I had a relative here and uh, it's pretty cool. Um, in the future, this guy's um, uh, future relatives are going to be looking back. They're going to be really be confused, a little confused trying to figure out that family tree. Now, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So he should put this in a journal so that his (laughs) his uh, future offspring (laughs) generations of people will know that he changed his gender only for car insurance purposes. (laughs) It's got to be like on the family tree, you know, you got the little bracket and then just like an asterisk and you go like, what's that asterisk next to David? He's going on the bottom. Legally changed his gender so he could get a cheaper car insurance. It saved me eleven hundred bucks. Yep, that's fantastic. (laughs) But that's what, you know, all of this weirdness, of course, is going to lead to, we've said it a million times, 
This will lead to all kinds of scams like this. <laughs> I can't believe we're not having more of these kind of stories. Uh, because you could, you know, you can get away with the bathroom thing just by saying, look, I identify as, as a man. That's what we've been worried about the whole time. Not necessarily yeah. even an actual trans person, but but a hetero person who purports to be trans so that they can leer at women in the bathroom. Is that preposterous? No, we all know it's not. There's plenty of jerks and pervs who will do that. And then it's inevitable for guys to change classification to girls so that they could compete in girl sports. If they're not good enough in the boy sport, they could go to a girl sport and dominate. Just like the trans person did in New Jersey and and in Texas. Oh yes, yes. Won the state championship two, had, two years in a row, I believe. Yeah, I think we had the wrestler in Texas uh-huh. in track and field, New Jersey. Right. And meanwhile, there are girls, literally with broken hearts, that they weren't either the champions, what they what rightfully should have been, mm-hmm. or some girls were left out. Body was too strong, and in Texas, you must wrestle the gender you actually are. So while so if you know if you have a man unit in your pants you, you wrestle as a man if you have a hoo-ha you wrestle as a girl so so this person had not been reassigned surgically but wanted still to compete against the men cuz she she was trying to be considered a a man, but they wouldn't let her, so she had to compete against the girls. What a stupid world. So while she was, in fact, a uh, sexually speaking, mm-hmm. her sex was female. Her her gender was female. But she was taking, you know, testosterone to make the transition. So what's that going to do? It's going to make her stronger than most of the girls. It's just a fact. That's why people take steroids, because it makes them stronger. That's why Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. That's why Mark McGuire is not in the Hall of Fame. Testosterone. They took it to the extreme. Whereas, you know, a normal level is from 400 to 1,000 for men. Their levels were like 4,500. Four and four and a half times, five times the rate. Well, it's going to be the same with this girl who's wrestling against girls. It's not fair. And this is what we've said is going to happen all along. And here's a guy who just comes out and admits it. Yep, legally changed my sex to woman and uh, went back to my car company, my car insurance uh, provider, and uh, got a lower rate. And good for him for having the chutzpah. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, technically he still does, uh, for, for being able to do that and, and following through. So congrats, David. This is what we said was going to happen. This is the world you created on the left. Hmm. Congratulations and welcome to it. Because there's going to be a lot more of this. And it's all thanks to you and your left-wing nonsense. Which also has uh, forced a Georgia professor who called a GOP candidate for governor in Georgia. A nice guy on Twitter. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. He used that language? Yeah. He used that phrase. About a Republican, Keith. About a Republican. You. So he's a professor. That's a quote. It's a quote. He, he's a professor at the University of Georgia. Okay. And he actually called the candidate. Now, he knows the candidate, has been around the candidate. And so he tweeted out about the candidate 
I went to I went to high school GOP gov candidate candidate Brian Kemp. Mm. We played YMCA ball from childhood. Mm. Politics be damned, he's a nice guy, always was. Kind to a fault. He's a friend, always has been. Oh. And will be when we're older and grayer. Oh. That's how all of this should work, people. Well, not anymore. <laughs> Because uh, liberals on Twitter labeled him a racist mm-hmm, sure. for supporting a racist. Okay. Wait. One, one of the Twitter uh, people tweeted out, you'd never vote for a black woman and would much rather vote for the white racist. Um, so what did he do? He caved, of course. I'd like to apologize oh, so much for the, he was a nice guy, always will be, always has been. Uh, he'll be my friend, always has been, always will be. Um, well, I'd like to apologize to anyone offended by my tweet. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Brian Kemp. It was ill-timed and poorly written. I've read and learned so much from you all and will endeavor to be more thoughtful. Oh, How thoughtless to call a person nice uh-huh. when they're a Republican. <laughs> you idiot! Wow, this professor—that yeah. is unbelievable. So, so I just want to get this straight. This guy who tweeted out the support for his friend has mm-hmm. valued the opinion of millions of strangers over someone he's close to and knows well. Okay, done. Good. Yep. Just like that, he's bludgeoned <laughs> on Twitter, and he backtracks, takes it all back. Not sorry. I that was. I mean, I've learned a lot from you. Yeah. I've learned, I've learned how to hate even nice people because they're Republicans. Thank you for teaching me that. Thank you for teaching Thank me how you. to hate someone that I was that I really for my entire life. Yeah. It just took a few, it just took 280 characters to convince <laughs> me of the error of my ways. Well, 280 characters from 84 people or however many tweeted at him because uh-huh. how pathetic is this? How pathetic are people that you just cave that easily? You can't stand up and say, no, no. Uh uh-uh. uh, I'm not going to play that game. He's not a racist just because he's a Republican. Show me where the guy has done anything racist. Because I looked it up and I couldn't find anything he's done. You know what he did? He he did these ads. In fact, we played it. Yeah, Brian Kemp is the, gun? the yeah yeah he did the gun oh thing. Oh my gosh, he loves guns. Yeah, he loves guns. Okay, and he thinks we should deport illegal aliens. Wait a minute. Okay, that's not racist. Hang on a second. Is mm-hmm. Brian Kemp white? Yeah, Brian Kemp is white. I think we're done here. Yeah, <laughs> we are done here. <laughs> and that's that's what they thought on Twitter, too. So, <laughs> good luck getting along with anybody anymore. 888 <laughs> Uh Spymaster, what a must-read thriller. Just in time for the hottest part of this summer to get you through it. Sit inside in nice air-conditioned comfort. Maybe go to the beach and take the book with you. Number one, New York Times bestselling author Brad Thor has written one of his best novels to date about a rumor, a remote cabin in Norway and an American intelligence operative charged with stopping the next world war before it begins. Counterterrorism expert Scott Harvath's mission is one of the deadliest he's ever undertaken. The real spy book said Spymaster is filled with enough action for two books and it's the most gripping novel Brad Thor in Brad Thor's uh, iconic career. So people are absolutely loving this book by Brad Thor. In Spymaster, Scott Harvath proves more cunning, more dangerous, more lethal than ever before. Pick it up today 
wherever books are sold, or go and download it right now. Spymaster by Brad Thor, on sale wherever books are sold. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Now back to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. All right. Yesterday, we uh, promised to uh, keep you apprised of the whereabouts of the shark that is obviously after some family that used to live in Texas and has moved back east. Obviously. This time, it's personal. Mm -hmm. And this time, he's pissed off. So, Pico the Mako shark... (laughs) It's traveled all the way from off the coast of Texas uh-huh. to somewhere off the coast of Virginia. Do we have the, uh, can we see okay, where he... Okay. So look at that. There's the, there's the wide angle. See that? Remember when he flew across Florida or hitched a ride with GD Chapel? Yeah, you can see it right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody, somebody gave him a lift <laughs> across, <laughs> across uh, inland Florida uh-huh. and then dropped him off on the Atlantic side. Yeah. Um, so now... Yeah, so that yeah. saved him. You know, that saved him a lot of effort from going clear around the state. But what's happened in the last twenty four hours? He's changing his mind. Wow, he's doubling back. He's what? like, uh, wait a minute, uh, sharks aren't supposed to travel forty one hundred miles away from home. <laughs> I double back and go back home. Either that, or he passed up Virginia, and he's like, oh wait, I went too far. That family, yeah. I sense that that family's now. I gotta, I gotta go back a little ways. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, so yeah, we thought it looked like he was going out toward <laughs> Europe, mm-hmm. and now he's like, ah. Headed back. Maybe he forgot something. Maybe he forgot his keys somewhere or something. You know what? Do you think that maybe maybe he just, like, <laughs> ditched his tracker, and it's on a boat somewhere out there? And, and now, that he, would be funny. He's like, you know what? That'd be I'm going to leave it right here, <laughs> and I'm going to go and do my own thing. He's probably <laughs> he's outsmarted all of us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Hold on That's a great. I'm not kidding. It's totally true. Check this out. Has it pinged again? I just sent that down the hall yeah. 20 minutes ago. Again. He's curved back out to the northeast, the he jerk. Went, he went quite a bit south. Yes. Uh, sort of southwesterly. Uh-huh. And now he's going back north. Back to the northeast. Northeast. <laughs> See, he, he must have dropped something. <laughs> and he's like, oh, last, at the last exit, I left my uh, kelp. Oh, right. Or he's chasing some, you know, fish. He's just getting a meal, and then now he's going back. <laughs> This cat is crazy. It's amazing. He's not Pico. a cat. He's a, he's a shark. Really? That's yeah. what we're doing? Yeah. No, all right. <laughs> That's what we're doing. I love that, though. This guy is something else. Pico. Yeah, it's great. I'm sorry. He's not a guy. He's a shark. Sorry. I yeah, you don't, yet again. you don't know how it identifies. That's true. So and maybe he is a guy Pissing today. me off. Sorry. You just might have cost him higher car insurance. <laughs> <laughs> well, he obviously doesn't use a car. Well, except for when he's visiting well, Florida. He, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I can I'm I am honestly fascinated by this guy's this shark's pattern and I can't wait to see where he ends up, man. It's kind of fun. It is so fun. They should tag all sharks and we just start watching them. That would be like a full time thing for me. I could go really well, deep down that rabbit hole. Oh well, on this website, in fact, we'll send this back out again. They do have two of them, right? No, they have tons. Oh, they do. They have tons. In fact, there is a shark named Pat. That, really? That I was looking at. Yeah, Pat the shark. Pat the shark. Mm. So I'm just saying. 
you could spend a lot of time uh, at this website. Yes, so you could. We'll shoot it out there and, uh, and look at that, man. Right. It's just, let's see where Pat is right now. What do you think Pat is? If you were a shark, Pat, where would you be? Um, somewhere off the coast of Hawaii. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. let's just find out here if my computer wants to play fair. It Tri- does not. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh Also, Belgian museums are uniting in protest against Facebook right now because they can't promote the Flemish masters, including Rubens. They can't do that anytime they want on Facebook because they're afraid they'll, they'll go afoul of the social media site's adult content rules and automatic censorship. So a lot of these, you know, Flemish artists painted nudity, bare breasts and buttockses painted by our artists are considered by you to be inappropriate. We have noticed that Facebook consistently rejects works of art by our beloved Peter Paul Rubens. Over a dozen top Belgian art officials wrote to Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, The Visit Flanders Tourist Board even produced a mock news video where security officials prevent visitors from seeing nudity in the Rubens House Museum. In it, one even spreads his arms in front of the Adam and Eve painting where the biblical figures are covered only by the proverbial fig leaf. Instead, they divert them to other paintings where everyone is properly dressed. Uh, they hope they're making their point. 20, 20% of the Facebook posts we dedicated to the Flemish masters couldn't be shown to our audience. Our cultural audience worldwide, they claim. It's really embarrassing for Visit Flanders that we can't show one of our main assets to the world. That's why we came up with the idea of the video. Facebook says it understands the issue, yet even if it allows paintings like those from Rubens to be posted, it has more restrictive rules when it comes to advertising, which must not contain adult content. This includes nudity, depictions of people in explicit or suggestive positions, or activities that are overly suggestive or sexually provocative. Facebook rules go on to say that it includes nudity or implied nudity, even if artistic or educational in nature. Oh, that's, I mean, that's an interesting line for Facebook mm-hmm. uh, to to draw. Belgian officials want Facebook to make a difference, though, between nudity in general, pornographic nudity, which is of course not allowed on their platform, and the nudity which is part of a lot of paintings hanging in Flanders and worldwide. So how do you make that? Who makes that determination? And how do you? I mean, because then you're going to have Playboy artists saying, well, what we do is art too. All of the all of the photographers are going to say, as they've always claimed, well, Playboy is artistic. Why can't we put it up on Facebook? Ugh, check this one out. That one needs to be banned just on principle. <laughs> I know. It's just, I mean... I guess it's classic oh. art. I wonder if Twitter will ban this if I post this image here. Probably. <laughs> um, she said they never get complaints from museum goers about the nudity. Both sides have agreed to a meeting to discuss the topic in detail. Facebook wrote to the Associated Press on Friday saying, as part of a longer running and continuous review process, we want to make sure that museums and other institutions are able to share some of their most Iconic paintings. We are thus currently reviewing our approach to nudity in paintings in ads on Facebook. 
The issue of censorship wouldn't be unfamiliar to Rubens, who died in 1640. Mm. We lost him. We we lost him. I wish Jeffy weren't out this week, or else we could have asked him how he was. Right. I mean, did you have a couple beers with him? I mean... (laughs) Apparently, the Catholic Church in that time period uh, already asked him to paint loincloths over (laughs) body parts. I can imagine. (laughs) Although he preferred the natural concourse of muscle, skin, and fat. Yes. Yes. You'll see like that, Uh, And you will see that that's what he preferred. So, in other words, if you want to track Pico the shark, you you go to Twitter at Pat Unleashed. Mm -hmm. If you want to check out uh, Mr. Rubin's fat paintings, (laughs) you can check out at Hangry Keith here shortly. Okay. Triple Eight... 933.93. Let me tell you about Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, I love this stuff because it provides me with vegetables in my diet that I'm not otherwise going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, kale, this superfood, mm. super popular now. But do you know people have been growing kale for more than 2,000 years? Okay. It was popular in, in Europe during uh, Roman times in the Middle Ages. And arrived here in the 17th century, and then people started choking it down their gullets. Only recently. And I don't understand why. Well, you don't have to do that anymore because there's (laughs) Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Every scoop is a full serving of organic fruits and vegetables. Vegetables like superfood kale. You just don't have to taste it. Pre and probiotic boost your immune system. Antioxidant power. It's just great stuff. So take a scoop, put... Put it into eight ounces uh, of water or your favorite shake or smoothie. It's that easy and it tastes great. Just sweetens your beverage. Go to BrickHousePat.com, try Field of Greens, and get 10% off a month's supply when you use the offer code PAT. BrickHousePat.com. Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Apparently, Charlie in Wisconsin has an explanation for the strange behavior of Pico the Mako shark. Uh, hey, Charlie, welcome to the blaze. Hi there. Hi. It's really obvious. If you follow the tracking, he's heading up towards the St. Lawrence Seaway. And his tom-tom probably went haywire because of the water. Mm. And he wants to get to Green Bay because... He swam with Aaron Rodgers, and now he's heartbroken and misses him. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Aaron Rodgers, I think, recently swam with sharks. Oh. I think that's what he's talking about. He's missing his buddy. Okay. That's an important element of the story to know, that Aaron Rodgers recently swam with sharks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, Charlie. You may be right. I don't know. Did he swim with sharks off the coast of Texas, though? Where did he do this swimming with sharks? That I don't know, but I know that if I owned a professional sports franchise, the last thing I want my star players doing is swimming with wild animals. No kidding. Uh, let's see. Where do you know, there's all kinds of... Suppose, I was just reading this the other day about the things that... Was it, was it NFL players or NBA players can't do? Ah, I think it was NFL players. Things like they can't go snow skiing, they can't... Uh, Scuba dive, they can't hmm. skydive. Well, 
Aaron Rodgers apparently yeah, uh, did sure. something fairly dangerous. Did he go down in one of those cages? Is that what he did? I don't know all of the details. Um, <clears throat> I just saw, like during Shark Week, I saw like a quick little commercial. If I'm paying him $20 million bucks a year, I don't want him doing that. Right? I mean, he's lost enough time as it is. That's true. I certainly don't want him swimming with sharks. Don't tempt fate. I don't Stupid. see where he was, but uh, But he did go swimming with sharks. Yeah, you know, that's something Carrie wants to do, uh, is go swim with sharks. Really? And stuff, and I'm like, mm, no, I'm going to mm. not go on that <laughs> trip. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't take unnecessary risks. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, that doesn't seem like your cup of tea. Yeah, the result is I'm a boring person. You know, it's scary enough just going to Mexico. You've seen the murder rate? The murder rate in Mexico is um, rose sharply again last year, pushed the homicide rate to its highest level since at least 1990. Violence among drug gangs. Um, and then, of course, there was a lot of political violence during the campaign. The uh, National Statistics Institute said yesterday the number of murders rose 27% last year. To get this, 31,174. Whoa. 31,174. How many, how many people were murdered in America? Eh, approximately 17,000. It's almost double the number of the United States which has three times the population of Mexico. Now, I've heard, and I haven't verified wow. this, but I heard this on, on good authority um, from somebody, I don't know, associated with Parkland. But anyway, I remember hearing that, that violent crime with guns and stuff, that only happens in America. Mm-hmm. Right. Are you saying hmm. that there might be some inaccuracies well, I'm saying in that that's report? that's somewhat inaccurate. Hmm. Okay, well. In so. that it's wildly inaccurate. <laughs> So it's their murder rate is up to twenty five per hundred thousand inhabitants. That is that's just staggering. Wow! Criminal violence began soaring in two thousand eight after the government engaged the military and federal police in efforts to rein in powerful drug gangs that were taking control of hot spots around the country. There was kind of a lull from twenty twelve to twenty fourteen, and then the violence took off again in twenty fifteen. Um, the increase in violence, which is continuing into 2018, according to government reports, is reflected in deteriorating perceptions of security among the population. It was a key issue for uh, leftist Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, who won the uh, presidential election with more than 53% of the votes in a field of four people. So he takes office December 1st. And one of his big campaign promises was to crack down on on violent crime. I don't know how he's going to do that, but you know, I hope he can. He's gonna. He said he plans to take direct control over government efforts to curtail criminal violence. He's going to hold daily meetings with his security cabinet to identify trouble spots, and he'll be pressing state governors to cooperate. Yeah, the frequent use. Get this. The frequent use of firearms. Hmm. That's huh. another word for guns. Is that really? Accounted for more than 21,000 of the murders last year. And it suggests that most homicides were the result of criminal activity rather than personal disputes. 
But there are many possible causes for the increase in violent crime, from the fracturing of drug cartels into smaller groups, diversification of crimes committed by gangs, and battles over the heroin trade as organized crime fights to supply opioids to the U.S. Of course, we got to figure into that. Be blamed in part for that. Yeah, well, they're trying. They're just trying to supply us with uh, with heroin. Mm-hmm. That's that's why. It's, it's the fault of Americans who want heroin. The bloodiest states uh, last year were central, the central state of Mexico, three thousand forty six murders there. Southern Guerrero State, uh, at the heart of the country's opium poppy wars with twenty five hundred seventy eight. Uh, it's really tough. You know, the highest homicide rates in the Pacific Coast state of Colima and in Baja, California, uh-huh. were at 113 and 91 murders per 100,000 residents. That is like, I mean, I, I think that's higher than Iraq and Afghanistan. Okay, so I'm just spitballing here. Jeez. Work with me on this. Mm. Should we put up maybe, I'm just throwing this out there, like a wall or some sort of barrier? No. Okay. What kind of hateful rhetoric is that? Sorry, I told you I'm spitball. I should have said safety wow. tree. I should have asked if I was in the safety tree. Before you are I went out on that not line. in the safety tree when you're going to bring that kind of hate to I, the I, table. I apologize. Please, <laughs> please. There is me. no tree that can protect you from that kind of sheer, unadulterated yeah. racist hatred. Yeah, busted. Mongering and hatred. Did you ever call me on Twitter? Mongering. A nice guy. No, uh, nor would I ever. Okay. No. Dang it, I was trying to get you <laughs> looped in there as well. No, okay. No, you're clearly not a nice person. Um, That's accurate. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. So. Yeah, you know, a wall uh, between us and that kind of violence? Yeah, that makes no sense at all, does it? That doesn't make any sense. Because these are just good, wonderful, hardworking family people coming across the border. We know that. They're all just seeking asylum from the violence. That's, that's what we know. I mean, if you are dumb enough to believe that and just accept everybody flooding across that border and just don't worry about it, let them all come in. Because that's what the Democrats would have us do. That's exactly what they want. I mean, Nancy Pelosi was talking about border security. Mm. Uh, She referred, and while she was talking about it, she referred to 9-11 as an incident. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Okay. Here she is. We have a responsibility to protect our borders. Let's make no mistake about that. What? And Democrats have Why been don't... strong on that point. All of our borders. <laughs> what? In fact, I said to some of you before that when we had the 9-11 incident and the incident? commission was formed <laughs> and they made the recommendations, they made recommendations to protect America. But really? the Republicans would never take them up. And some of it was about our borders. The Republicans would never take them up. What? Okay, I I don't know what kind of nonsense she's babbling. The Democrats have always been strong on border security. Nothing could be a bigger lie than that. God, she's... First of all, to call 9-11 an incident... She didn't even get through the word. It was an incident. Inci- incident. Inci- incident. And then, and then to say that Democrats have always insisted on border security. 
<laughs> That's just a flat-out stinking lie. That's as ridiculous as it gets. And that's saying something because it gets pretty ridiculous. Uh, man, we need that. We need that border wall. Yep. We need to stop all the people who are yelling about racism and hatred and xenophobia. Mm-hmm. You can't have a. You cannot have a real discussion about anything anymore. You can't. You just. Uh, it's impossible. Which, uh, which, I mean, by the way, it makes more sense to have your star quarterback swimming with sharks than than the stuff we hear out of Washington D.C. Yeah, it does. And when we come yeah. back from the break, I'm hoping that uh, you get to see a, a good picture there of your boy Aaron Rodgers dressed up like wow. a uh, knight from, say, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, it's adorable. Appara- apparently, he survived though, Pat. No, he did. So you're good. Good. We're yeah, gonna have that coming back. That's great. But no, it's it. You cannot. Wait, we've been talking about this all week. There is mm. not one issue, and I, I leave out the word contentious because it shouldn't be. There's not one issue that we can just talk to each other about. Forget about our disagreements. Mm-hmm. We can worry about. We can't even get to our disagreements because we're not even allowed allowing each other to have a civil discussion. Mm-hmm. We cannot be intellectually honest about anything. I don't see where this republic lasts. I'm sorry. Oh. It's just we cannot talk to each other, Pat. All the all the Democrats want to do is yell about uh, babies being ripped <laughs> and torn from the arms of mothers. Well. Let's put it into real terms, okay? The people coming here know for a fact that when they do, illegally, and if they're caught, there's a good chance they're going to be separated from their families for a time at least. Because we're not going to put the kids in the same facility as the adults. It's just not going to happen. It can't happen by law. So you're going to be taken and separated. And then it's going to be hard to be reunited. So if you're a parent coming here from Mexico or anywhere south of this border you know you're taking that risk where you could be separated from your family and if you know that coming in i'm sorry that's on you that's on your parents that's on the parents who are bringing their children with them and then a lot of times they're given the chance to uh they're giving the option okay we're either going to deport you with or without your child so do you want your child to go back with you? No, I want them to stay. And that happens all the time. And so the parent is deported and they hope that the child can stay with family here in the United States and they can work that out. Well, okay, I'm not making that choice on the border if it's me and my children. I'm taking my kids with me. I'm not taking the chance that something's going to happen to them when I'm separated from them. Yeah, I'd rather live in a third world nation with my kids than to be separated at the border. Yes. Yes. It's time we start recognizing their responsibility in all of this. And it's time we take the steps to uh, put up that wall, that barrier, so that nobody's going to be separated. Okay, you can't penetrate our, our, our border. Okay? So figure some other way. Like... Coming here legally. Try that, for instance. What a concept. Try to come here legally. 888 You know, losing weight and keeping it off can really be tough. And especially when you hit a certain age in life, it, it gets really, really difficult. So uh, there's something you can take to help you along in that process. It's called Riduzone. It's safe. It's natural. 
and it's FDA acknowledged. They've taken the good stuff in olive oil and they created a patented product containing OEA that OEA boosts your metabolism, just speeds up your system and it reduces your appetite. So if you're not hungry all day long, then you're not going to be continually stuffing your mouth with food, things that you shouldn't be eating. Order Riduzone today. See if it helps. Enter the promo code PAT and get 30% off a three-month supply. Riduzone.com, promo code PAT for 30% off a three-month supply. It's time to get over the hump. Let Riduzone help you do that. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Riduzone.com. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. Is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We are two days away from the start of training camp for oh the BYU Cougar. Is that football? And this guy uh-huh. should be in training camp right now. <laughs> and I hope I'm hoping he's not dressed like this. I'm hoping he's in Green Bay uh-huh. in a helmet. And pads. Not chainmail? Like no. Aaron Rodgers, uh, we talked about uh, swimming with sharks and apparently also uh, trying out as an extra uh, for the next Monty Python. <laughs> yeah. Holy Grail. Does, there's no explanation for the chainmail thing? We don't know why he did that? <laughs> well, that's just because of the sharks, because he didn't want to get bitten. So uh, he had it head to toe. All right. Show him putting this suit on. Got to protect that investment. Uh, let's see. We got from uh, Texas Lori D. Uh she says the Packers are a publicly owned team, and as a stockholder, I'm okay with Aaron having a little fun. Oh. And uh, Carrie Malinak, mm. I've swum with nurse sharks, gentle as puppies. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, Whatever. Mm-mm. I don't care. No. Not going. Bless the patriarchy. Says, I'm opening a restaurant called Peter Paul Rubens. Mm. <laughs> Delicious hot sandwiches with a side of tasteful nude art. Oh, not tasteful. It's not. It, I mean, tasteful. it was nude art. It's I'll give you that. Nasty. <laughs> I mean, again. So uh, that's gonna ruin a lot of appetites. But yeah, good luck with it. That's right. Good luck. Careful. <laughs> Careful with your Google image searches today. <laughs> you know. So as I was psyched about the beginning of football, because this time of year, I just it's been so long since we've had football, yes, and then all of the training camps are starting with the NFL, and it. Isn't there a Hall of Fame game this weekend? Yeah, Thursday night. Uh, so two nights from. Oh right my now. gosh, it's Thursday night. Yeah, and who's in it? It's the Bears versus the uh, the... the Ravens. See, I I don't care about either team. I may actually watch it. You want to see that's Lamar how hard Jackson? Up I am right you now. You want to see the Louisville quarterback run around? Right? Yeah, I do. So yeah, that'd be Ravens interesting. Guy, right. Mm-hmm. So uh, you got that going for you. Yeah. So that should be fun. So we're two nights away from an actual NFL football game. Pretty exciting. We're two days away from the start of BYU fall camp. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I was, I was so desperate for football last night, I started looking into, okay, well, when do the high school teams all start? <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. And hmm. I found something interesting. You know, all these, the big school programs now, the, the main uh, teams that are kind of dominant in a state, they... Almost all travel across country now or 
intersectionally to uh, play teams in other states and in other regions. And I don't remember that being a thing when I was in high school. It was was it when you it were? It was just starting, right? Was it right around the time, maybe right after I got out of high school? But it is super prevalent now. Yeah, and in fact, there was just one team in particular that was a powerhouse back in the day, and they used to mm. travel from Georgia to Alabama every year. And then I think when I got into college, they started doing like Georgia Florida games. But now you're right, man. That is just like a regular part of the schedule. I mean, like I think the third game of the year, I was looking at um, one of the big powerhouse teams in texas allen high school which is in the uh dfw area it's a suburb of dallas is that the crumbling stadium yeah well they had a crumble they fixed that wow but they yeah they they built a 75 or 80 million dollar stadium used it for one year and then it it was determined it was about to fall down (laughs) so um i'll bet the taxpayers in allen were really excited Mm. about that Mm. so they had to close it completely for over a year, and Allen's football team played in Plano's stadium. After they built an $80 million, I think 18 or 20,000 seat uh, football stadium for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be lost that you didn't say uh, that their stadium was messed mm-hmm. up, so they went to Plano's stadium. Mm-hmm. Okay, You didn't say their field was messed up. They went no. to no, Plano's this, field. Yeah, if you've ever things. been to Texas, you know these are stadiums. They, Along the lines of most states' uh, college programs. Yep. I mean, they're really something. Mm-hmm. It's it's a big deal here. So anyway, Allen's third game, I think, of the year is against a team from uh, Salt Lake City. East High School in Salt Lake City is going all the way from Salt Lake to Dallas to play a football wow. game. How did that become a thing? I, that's amazing to me. Where did the money come from? I guess property taxes? I, yeah, that's where they come from. Because, uh, yeah. you know, they're, are they going to the parents and saying, hey, we're taking a big trip to uh, Texas, so we need more money from you for the football for the football team? Uh-huh. Uh, no. And in addition, the kids will be participating in extra fundraisers <laughs> and spending their time. I'll bet that. you they don't. Hmm. I would bet any amount. Of, maybe somebody knows. Maybe somebody has a knowledge of how these high school teams pay for these oh, extravagant trips that, now. You're saying they're just exclusively paid for by the school. I think they are. I yeah. think that, Are they paid for with, uh, like, we're having a bake sale to raise money for this trip to Texas? I really think that that's part of it, just because they can. I just know when I tried out for the local high school baseball team, oh boy, 20-whatever years ago, I, before I even made the team, I was required to go around to local businesses and get advertising dollars, advertisements for like the program and stuff. Mm. Then they cut you from the team. I'm not <laughs> bitter. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, they, any chance they get to get extra funding or extra money out of parents and families associated with they'll their squeeze school, you for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Or they, else the games would be will. free. Then the games aren't even free. Yeah. No, the games the games definitely cost money here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's everywhere. They it, did it, when I was a kid. Probably. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But you grew up in a big football state, too. Georgia's a big football state. Yeah. Uh, not as big as Texas, maybe. But And our team at the time wasn't even that great. So wasn't Weren't they unbeaten last year? Yeah. Yeah, they lost in the playoffs. Oh, okay. Second or third round, yeah. All right. But anyway, uh, college football, high school football, pro football, NFL, all just around the corner. We're going to just hang on. Through a couple more days. Yeah, uh, boy. It's going to be here to help us get us through this madness. It's got to be great uh, working out in 115 degrees out in the hot sunshine, too.
I mean, don't. Ugh, miserable, man. So the taxpayer should probably uh, pony up in all these districts for well, indoor, have practice indoor practice facilities. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. I mean, that's a must. Yep. Uh, if I had grown up in Texas, I would not have played football because mm. I could not, could not have withstood these temperatures in August. For two-a-days, mm-hmm. uh, going in 108-degree weather, no thanks. I'll say that... Mm-mm. I can't handle a walk to the mailbox and back. I know. So I certainly won't be exerting myself uh, beyond the yard work that I have to endure. Yeah, it's, I mean, we had, yesterday it cooled off into the upper 80s. It was like oh my winter. It was, felt like winter yesterday. I it was so great. I almost thought this morning, should I wear a coat? Do I need to get the winter coats down? Because we're, <laughs> I mean, it's 74 degrees this Chilly. morning. Chilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brr. Brr. <laughs> Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, we still have a lot to get to. Um, Andrea Mitchell um, comparing Donald Trump to Joseph Stalin. That's always fun and so appropriate, and because the two have well, Stalin killed like you know thirty million people, mm-hmm. um, and Trump has killed oh well, no one really, but huh. you know maybe someday he will. Maybe he'll start a massive genocide. Uh, I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're so unhinged. It's absolutely absurd. And then Kim Kardashian on Jimmy Kimmel. Tr- Kimmel trying desperately to get her to say something bad about Trump. Pretty interesting. 888 with your thoughts. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Pat, and you're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. If you like what you're hearing on this show, then you should also check out the Glenn Beck Program. Look for it wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome, Triple Eight Nine Hundred. 3393 and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. You know, it actually got me started on my uh, football venture last night and going down a football rabbit hole was I saw this uh, special on Baker Mayfield. For some reason, I'm a big fan of his. Mm. I just, I like the guy. Mm -hmm. Fiery. Mm -hmm. He's good. Mm -hmm. Super confident. And he plays for the Browns. Yes. Oh. Yeah, which, you know. I mean, that's a new thing, but... I'm saying that's going to hurt But him. the kid, you know, he's from Lake Travis, right, in Austin, which is a football power in, in Texas. And it's one of the big, you know, along with uh, schools like Allen and Katy, uh, it, Lake Travis is, is one that wins a lot of state championships. And usually when you do really well at a school like that in Texas, you can pretty much, you can pretty much have your pick of any scholarship at any school right for some reason almost nobody wanted him and so he had to walk on at texas tech and he started he actually did and won the starting job when he was a freshman walk-on he won his first five games then he hurt his knee and then the coach apparently didn't want anything to do with him after that he was ready to go in like three or four more games 
his knee had healed. He was okay. He was ready to go. They were playing Oklahoma, which he, he was a big fan of Oklahoma growing up, and he really wanted to play. And and apparently, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, who was the coach at the time, uh, didn't have anything to do with him anymore. So he transferred. They didn't. They wouldn't even offer him a scholarship after he won the first five games. So he transferred to Oklahoma, sat out a year, never talked to Oklahoma leadership or or the administration or the coaching staff about coming there. And he just walked up to him uh, at the beginning of football and said, hey, coach, my name is Baker Mayfield. I really want to play for you. And apparently... I did not know this. I yeah. love this story. It's a great story. <laughs> I mean, it's it's an incredible story. And so uh, Stoops apparently said, "Hey, um, great! I heard you. I heard you were here. I heard you left Texas Tech, and I heard that you were enrolled because he was enrolled for a year before he was able to play because he had to sit out for a year. Wow. So anyway, uh, he said, i 'I'll give you. I'll give you a shot.' And uh, Trevor Knight, who was a really good quarterback, he beat him out." As a walk-on. And then, you know, the rest is history at Oklahoma. But, um, you know, he's had an amazing, an amazing career and an amazing run and just an unlikely uh, set of circumstances that you just, you don't walk on at Texas Tech, walk on at Oklahoma, and then become the number one draft pick in the NFL draft. Just doesn't happened like that but it did for him because he's you know super determined and it i used to i hate oklahoma but i was such a baker mayfield fan I, it kind of made me a fan of oklahoma why do you hate oklahoma because barry switzer used to badmouth byu all the time oh uh <laughs> did that to a lot of teams though. <laughs> and he's not there anymore plus when byu finally got around to playing oklahoma uh, they crushed them 31 to 6, and then they beat them again 14 13 in 2009, where I'm beaten against Oklahoma. Take that, Barry Switzer. Wow. Douchebag. Hmm. Take that. Wow. So, but anyway, it, it overcame, I like him so much, it overcame my hatred for Oklahoma, and I was actually rooting for them last year. But my goodness, look at It's going to be interesting to see how he does in the pros. You really grew as a person. I really thanks did. to Baker Mayfield. Right? Um, yeah. Right? So how do you it think shows that changing is possible. We can get together again. Nah. If I can put aside my <sighs> deep-seated hatred for the Oklahoma Sooners and actually become a fan, <sighs> why, we can overcome anything. Not beautiful. I mean, it's it's not say, true. But it's beautiful. beautiful. I mean, it was pretty at least. <laughs> um, how do you think he's going to do with the Browns? I don't know, man. That, that's, that's where quarterbacks go to die. Yeah, it is, and a lot of them have. Oh, a more lot. than a lot. I mean, you need to know metric to be able to. What add is up it like? Many? Thirty quarterbacks in the last twenty yeah, years. So or they something? became a franchise again in nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. Starting quarterbacks. How many? See. I'm going to find out. Browns. I'll bet it's 15. Oh, it's at more least, than that. Or 20. No, no, no. You're right. Oh, remember Ty Detmer was one of them. Uh, let's see. List of. Huh. When you have your wow. own Wikipedia page, list of starting quarterbacks. Uh, so this is. Oh, my God. Well, see, now this is. Okay, so let's start with 99. These are just starting quarterbacks. Okay. Well, yeah, 99. I, I don't know. This is this is stupid because it's got it's got like Tim Couch listed twice. I'm not going to be able to do this with this article. So let me get back to you. But it is... It's a lot. Ridiculous. It's a lot. 20, okay. 24 as of 2016. And that's just since 1999. It was 24. As of 2016. Okay. April. Ooh. Here we go. April of 18. 28 quarterbacks. 28 quarterbacks. Over the course of 17, 18, 19 seasons. 28 starting quarterbacks. 
That's over amazing. Over those 19 seasons. That's amazing. That's unreal. Well, and he's listed third on the depth chart here. Yeah, Tyron Taylor's so, going to be So, yeah. Hmm? All right, 888-900-3393. Anyway, I've just let my football enthusiasm That's good. overtake me let me let, Please, um, you didn't get an objection from me. i got to play this uh, Andrea Mitchell stuff on. Should, oh, really? Can uh, we talk football? There's some good and some bad here, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, when she's she is asked about... Um, She's asked about her feelings of of Trump and the uh, the media and his attacks on the media and whether or not they contributed to the attack in Annapolis on the newspaper people, which is come on, man, madness. Uh, listen to this. When you look at the the rhetoric of a Trump campaign or a Trump rally. You, you mm-hmm. see President Trump out there talking about the fake news and he points at the back of the room and the crowd boos. And, you know, a lot of people will say like, oh, this is just, you know, a little bit of a, it's a wrestling show. He's just playing the heel and, and it's all fun and games. And then you had an incident of violence against uh, a newsroom. You had journalists who were gunned down and people said, Don't well, do this it. is part of the environment <laughs> that Don't Trump do it, is encouraging. Don't do, do you feel that in some way oh, Donald gosh. Trump did it. is encouraging people to have a hateful relationship uh, with the media? Help I me. don't connect the no. president at all with what happened Wait. at the Capitol, at the Capitol Gazette in Annapolis. That was wow. a horror, and it was completely, okay. you know, a, I would believe someone uh-huh. mentally deranged who went yes. after that. Thank you. Yes. Yes. That had nothing whatsoever to do with Trump. That was a long-going situation, an ongoing situation for a a couple of years where this guy was stalking the reporter there. Yeah, just between him and the paper. Yep, and he hated the people at the paper, and that's why it had nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing to do with Donald Trump. That's a despicable setup. So that's uh, by it. Trevor Noah, but yeah. Andrea Mitchell, to her credit, yeah, called him on it. That's it. That's all the clip we got, right? We're done. Uh, uh, We're just no. totally sadly, done. Oh, sadly, no. Uh, she continued mm. organization. So I don't think it's fair to right. blame him for that. Nice. But I do think that he has Uh-oh. very deliberately set oh, up the stop. press as the enemy of the people. I don't mm. feel that I am the enemy of the people, and it's it's not mm. benign. I mean, this is a. first heard from joseph stalin this is oh. very dangerous it oh undercuts democracy <laughs> okay stop talking all right <laughs> you had me at no he had nothing to do with this <laughs> you had me at no why did you have to go further and compare trump to joseph stalin it shows their derangement i mean it's just they're absolutely deranged and it's sad. It's sad to see. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And then Kim Kardashian was on Jimmy Kimmel, and you know Jimmy Kimmel hates Trump's guts. Jimmy Kimmel mocks. Jimmy Kimmel attacks. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel is the one responsible for the Russian soldiers being put out yep. on the Hollywood Walk of Fame to protect to protect his star. Because <laughs> see, that's funny. Because yeah. Russians and. You know, I guess he's a Russian agent mm-hmm. from 1987 or whatever. I will say that collusion is not illegal, Pat. Collusion. Thank you for thank you for bringing that up, okay. Keith. I think that's an important. I just pulled point. that out of the blue. I don't know where it came from. I I'm think that's an important. Sure you know no, this. it's a it, it's an important point. Collusion is not not, not illegal. 
illegal. I mean, it's not a crime. It's not a crime. It's not a crime. Collusion is not a crime. Just file that away. It doesn't really apply to anything. Just I just want you to away. know it. Collusion is not a crime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Kim Kardashian is on Kimmel, and Kimmel is trying desperately to pull something out of her negative against Trump. Listen to this. I know that you're not necessarily a Trump supporter. I know your husband, Kanye, seems to like him a lot. Does he still yeah. like him? Um, yeah, I think he really, um, he really, le- yeah. <laughs> Do you guys argue yeah. about that? Is that something Do you talk politics and, like, have debates about? You know what? No, because no. I always respect what mm. other person thinks. And, and you know, to make it clear, when Kanye, we would talk about it mm-hmm. and we would talk about policies and he doesn't necessarily agree with the policies. He likes right. his um, mm-hmm. kind of just his, his personality his way. and and, his the, way. and, yeah. and how he made it mm-hmm. to, to be president when everyone really underestimated him. So sure. he identifies sure, with sure. it in a way. Even though he doesn't necessarily agree with what Donald Trump is doing. He's not political, so he doesn't really mm. dig deep into what's going on. No. Um, so, and Kanye I, I always West knew that. Doesn't and, dig and deep? I always know what he, he meant, but um, <laughs> I have nothing bad to say about the president. You know, right, he's done you something still have people amazing. On the list, so you know. I, am, I am very focused. And, <laughs> you know, but I, I don't agree with everything either, oh, you yeah, know, and I important. wasn't. Uh-huh. I had no, I had no idea what to expect, and going in there, I just was like, "Look, I'm going to be focused," and it really turned my idea around in this category. For sure, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, so so he tried to get her to mm-hmm. say something bad, and she said, "I'm not going. I got nothing bad yeah. to say about in it." In other words, Jimmy Kim is being a lady, so shut up. Right. Maybe move on to something else. Uh, and he even tried to tried to you know p- put some kind of dig in on Kanye. Right. Now Kanye is a deep thinker. Yeah. He may not be political. His wife said he's not political. I'm not sure that's true. Hmm? He's he's a deep thinker and maybe maybe his thought process goes way beyond politics. Maybe, you know, there's things we can learn from Kanye. Um and he shared some of them in one of his latest songs. Um that I think is worthy of okay. a little bit of notice. But they don't really realize, though. This next verse. This next verse, though. Next verse, though. These bars. Watch this. Boop dee dee scoop. Yeah. Scoop dee dee whoop. Whoop dee scoop dee poop. Whoop dee scoop dee scoop dee whoop. Right. Whoop dee scoop whoop poop. Poop dee dee whoop scoop. Poop, poop, scoop, scoop whoop, whoop, scoop, whoop, scoop, poop. Wow, it's powerful. It's powerful. Just a little taste of oh, no. lift yourself from Kanye. Wrong choice of words there, Pat. <clears throat> lift yourself? Uh, no, a little taste. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's uh, that's a tough one there. It's a, uh, I mean, it's powerful. It's powerful. It's tough to argue with mm. lyrics like "whoop de scoop de poop, poop de scoop de scoop de whoop, whoopity scoop whoop poop, poop diddy whoop scoop, poop poop." Scoop diddy whoop. 
Whoop diddy scoop. Whoop diddy scoop. Poop. <laughs> Tough to argue with any of that. <laughs> okay. That's how powerful that is. All right. So here we are. Here we are. And, um, <laughs> and that's where we are. Welcome to 2018 America. <laughs> I mean, I actually, I actually pine for the world that Idiocracy was filmed in. Oh my gosh. We are. Um, it's a much more profound time. We have blown right past. Oh, by a lot. That realm mm-hmm. at lightning speed. <laughs> I'm sad. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let me tell you about Minostalgia um, Foods. Oh, new sponsor. Yes. Mm. Uh, it's family-owned and operated since 1990. 28 years making edible memories from Minnesota's North Woods. Great wholesome food, uh, most of which made without preservatives. And flavors you won't find on your grocery, grocery store shelves, like wild berry jellies and syrups, uh, pepper jams, beer jellies, really delicious stuff. Uh, Doc has brought in samplers uh, on numerous occasions, and this is so good. You're going to absolutely love this stuff. Whipped honeys, maple syrup, and maple sugar. Wild rice, both uh, cultivated and naturally growing like wild rice. Wild rice pancake mix, soup mixes, wild rice side dish and waffle mixes. You name it, uh, they have it. Wild rice is so good, and it's Good for you. Whole grain and naturally gluten, sodium, fat, and cholesterol free. So if you're on a gluten-free diet, and who isn't right now, <laughs> uh, this is exactly the, the food for you. Tie in zinc, tie in protein, phosphorus, and trace minerals. Really, really good for you. So try it today. It is uh, fantastic. Minostalgia Foods. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Blaze Radio Network. I got to tell you, Minostalgia Foods, where to get it and how to save 10% on sampler packs. Use a promo code TRY10 at blazewildrice.com. Blazewildrice.com. Nice. Okay, save 10% on the sample pack. Uh, 888-933-93. You know, we hear about racism all the time. And we hear about it to the point where you think, okay, is is there anything that's actually racist? Because everything you're showing me, everything you're talking about, doesn't fit that bill. Does not fit in that category. Uh, here's something that actually does. <laughs> this is a, a guy in New York who um, they say probably won't get charged for his racist road rage rant. Well, I would hope not because is it illegal to be a racist? I don't think it is. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, it's stupid to be a racist. Uh, but check this this video out because a uh, motorist filmed this complete 
idiot yelling at him, uh, one car driver to another. Uh, and sadly, the guy who is filming had his son with him. But watch this. Take your picture. Take your picture. I'm calling you a too. Using the N word here. Smile. You're harassing me. Put it on the tape, okay? Okay? Unbelievable. Boy. Mm. Yeah, keep taking my picture. Keep harassing me, okay? All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Put it on tape that you can't drive. You cut people off. Make sure you show that to the cop, you stupid. Wow. It's hard to watch. Every time it bleeps, every time there was a bleep, he used the N-word, which was, what, 10 times? Uh, that's unbelievable. There's a case of a racist. Yep, yep, yep. There's a case of an idiot just going off on a racist rant. Hey, we found common ground. Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> Finally. Uh, and he accuses the other guy of harassing him. <laughs> Jeez. So the guy just posted this and said, uh, this happened in Deer Park on my way to drop my son off. Uh, Wow. Suffolk County District Attorney Timothy Sinney said that's probably not illegal, at least not by itself. His office and local police previously said they hadn't gotten a complaint about the incident, but he and his people decided to review the viral footage anyway to see if any crime was committed, and apparently none was. It's just, uh, you know, an instance of a guy acting like a, a moron. Although the activity is extremely disturbing and offensive, it doesn't seem to constitute a crime, at least not without further evidence of some other action taken by the individual making the comments. He emphasized this case doesn't have a bearing on other allegations. Just because this racist rant isn't illegal doesn't mean others wouldn't result in prosecution. So, is there a racist rant that can result in prosecution? Hmm. I'd like to know what that would be if you can just say something to somebody and be arrested for it. Also, I think if this were to go to court, I don't know anymore. But you got to think that you really don't. The guy filming, you know, the black guy filming. Mm-hmm. Can the white guy be? A, can he be guilty of harassment if the black guy could have easily just rolled up the window and not been harassed? I'm not saying he wasn't harassed. I'm saying he yeah. had the option to roll up the window. guy out and not even just ignore him. But uh, yeah, he could have. So I think that I. But overall, in a sense of no, you can't prosecute someone for the way that they believe or think. At least. As of in um, America, on July thirty first, twenty eighteen. I, I want to be on record of uh, yeah. time stamping this on that yeah. day. Um, uh-huh. Ask me in a couple of years, and the, the the law might have changed. Yeah, so, I mean, just I'm talking about today. I, I it's yes. <laughs> I mean, is it possible that that could be construed as a like a hate crime or something? Uh, yeah, in this environment, maybe. Now it isn't, and apparently, even the police. Are saying it isn't. So that's kind of a relief. But you do want to see what kind of guy this this guy is, what kind of person he is. Yeah. That tells you a lot. You know what? What state did this happen in, Pat? Because I'm always hearing about racists from the South in, and yeah, everybody in Texas. In the South. 
all the time. Yeah, we're Texans so racist. Texans are so I mean, awful. Gosh, we're terrible people. This we happened in what? New York. Huh. Is that in the South? No. Are you sure? No. It's uh, like, it might be in the South mm-hmm. of Maine. Yeah, it's, just, it's south definitely of South of Maine. Okay. Then clearly it's the Southern races. South of Vermont. <laughs> uh and New Hampshire. Okay. So okay. I guess if you think that's south, it's uh it's further south in those states. So <laughs> there you go. Jeez. <sighs> See, I mean, bottom that's line is unbelievable. There are people who are terrible and they live all over and yeah. they come in all colors, yeah, yeah. shapes, and sizes. Yeah, and that guy's clearly clearly terrible. Yep. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and you know it's it's amazing how pissed off you can get just from somebody accidentally, and it's usually accidental. You know, you they're in you're in their blind spot and they don't see you, and so they cut you off. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're they just think, okay, I gotta get over, and nobody's gonna let me in, and so they cut you off. Is that a reason to get like that? No, <laughs> I mean, I don't never. Never. Uh, no, it's not. That that it's not. That line of thinking was clearly in that guy's heart. Yeah. And so when yeah. he was in a stressful situation, that's, that's what, he what became. came out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sad. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Um attorney Jonathan Turley has been uh talking about the situation that Donald Trump finds himself in now that Michael Cohen has uh switched sides. He actually thinks that now the president is one witness away from possible catastrophe. Well, I think the Cohen development is very serious. I mean, he's one witness mm. away from a potential catastrophe. If any of those mm. five witnesses breaks and supports Michael Cohen, this is going to get real bad real fast. It is not that the meeting will establish a crime of collusion, even if what mm-hmm. Cohen is saying is true. Uh, but what it would mean is that Donald Trump Jr. Uh, would be in serious jeopardy of a criminal charge. If Mueller was wow. to go after Donald Trump Jr., I think we would see a very mm-hmm. rapid chain of events, and it would not end well for anyone. Uh, I think that Donald Trump very well could match his past visceral language with similar action. He could f- start to fire people. Yeah, but... Collusion uh, isn't a crime. I just want to get that out. Why are you even bringing that up? Dude? I don't know. It just it seemed important at the time. To, why? To mention that collusion's no crime. Okay, you, it's, not, it's not a crime. It's not a criminal offense. Okay, but why? It's not illegal. You, collusion is not we illegal. Got that, but all right. Okay, I don't understand. Okay, so just know, collusion's not illegal. That's all I'm saying right now. It's not illegal. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here. 888-933-93. And a Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Um, is that where we found out that in addition to Pico the Mako shark, there's also uh, there's a bunch of sharks that are being tracked right now. One of them was Pat the shark. Mm-hmm. And we were looking for uh, yeah. Pat the shark and his whereabouts. I think Saves84 sent that to us. Could not find uh, the shark. Do we have... 
Somebody, yeah, somebody then sent us. Who did? I'm going to find. I'm going to find out right now. But uh, yeah, so I couldn't find it because yeah. I fail as a producer every day. And uh, there's a. And here image. it is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. T.J. Uh, T. Toppin sent this. T.J. Toppin writes. So sad. The last ping from Pat was <laughs> in May 2014 on land. Oh no. I think she got eaten. <laughs> <laughs> So you see a whole bunch of pings and yeah. a whole bunch of sightings right there. Acting like a shark should, you know, hanging around, uh-huh. eating around an island there near California. Right. On Santa Cruz Island. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the last ping is from land where apparently hmm. Pat the shark. I think uh, there's a nice seafood perished. restaurant there on that island. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> wow, that hurts, huh? That hurts. Yeah, very sad. Wow. Are you going to be okay? Are you going to be able to continue know. doing the show? I'm not, I'm not sure. I might need a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, we've got uh, Pico the shark, who is uh, my goodness. Another ping from Pico. Uh, I don't think we do just yet, but we are going to keep an eye on Pico because uh, he is confused. He's uh, headed toward Europe now. Very. (laughs) Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go to Lori D uh, in Washington. Hey, Lori, Mm. welcome. Hi, I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing. Pat, I have a million dollar idea for you. Okay. And then you can just retire from radio. Huh. You need to record in a very serious NPR voice every rap lyric ever created <laughs> over classical music. I would pay you cash money <laughs> for that download. And I would, oh my gosh, that is, and you need a YouTube channel. You need to just quit radio and do the whole the whole NPR thing. You need I like to. it. I, I almost I almost idea. crashed my car, man. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, awesome. Lori. It's a good idea. Yeah, you should do an album of rock of rap lyrics uh-huh. set to classical music. I think there might be some rights issues involved there. You're yeah, it's really possible. Yeah, on that. it's but, possible we uh, could be sued. Mm-hmm. I very, love the way she thinks. In fact, it's likely we would be sued. But why? Wait a minute. Did Lori D just call the program and didn't inform us of food being? On its uh, way delivered? over, I, I can't imagine that was the case. Hmm. You got to, you got to believe that food is following. She might have dro- her cell dropped off uh, before she was able <laughs> Maybe. to tell us about more milkshakes. Maybe. Thank you. All right. Uh, statistics now show this is an interesting study. <laughs> Stats show that women who identify as lesbian become pregnant at a much higher rate than straight women, and homosexual men are impregnating women at a significantly greater percentage than heterosexual men. Boy, what? That's going to take some what? unpacking there. Excuse me? Um, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh-huh. Lesbian women okay. becoming pregnant. Okay. And uh, homosexual men are impregnating them, apparently. I just... Interesting. Hmm. See, because... That would- it seems to being lesbian seems to preclude the fact that you would be getting pregnant unless you're artificially inseminated. Sure. Uh, and then homosexual men impregnating women. Uh, if you're homosexual, uh-huh. you wouldn't be impregnating women. So this makes them. Hmm. Uh, what's the word? Heterosexual. Yeah. Or at least bisexual. At least. Bi- okay. Right. Should, can we un- maybe we should consult. The quilt bag list. Oh. oh, yes, 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 yes. As a reference here. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Q okay, in Q. quilt bag is for queer and questioning. The U is for unidentified. Okay. The I is intersex. The L, lesbian. T, 
transgender, transsexual. Here we go. B. Okay, here we go. The B seems to apply here. Okay. Bis- bisexual. Mm-hmm. The A, asexual, certainly doesn't apply. The And gay doesn't. And genderqueer. Neither of those apply. But I think, I think I you're think right. bisexual seems to work. So it's fair to say that the um, subjects involved in this study would are, be bi. Are, are quilt bags. Yes. Okay. The pregnancy rates are verified by studies in several nations, all showing that homosexual pregnancy rates are, this is unreal, they're two to seven times higher than heterosexual pregnancy rates. What? How can that be? And pro-homosexual organizations acknowledge that unintended pregnancy is huge. In the LGBTQIA2 youth world. TB. TB. A-G. Okay. Infinity. In the quilt bag world. Mm -hmm. Unintended (laughs) pregnancy is huge in the quilt bag youth world? What? I don't quite follow this. Additionally, both male and female homosexuals are significantly more sexually active than heterosexuals. Well, if. Yeah, maybe I just leave that alone. <laughs> but I mean, is it a secret that men tend to, you know, what's that? Enjoy the act, and so if you have two men who both enjoy the act and nobody stops it, then yeah, you'd probably have more, right? <laughs> is that, don't look is that not a reasonable assumption? Don't look at me. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, also, they go on. <laughs> Additionally, uh, um, drug and alcohol abuse before and during sex was rampant mm. among the LGBTQI youth, according to stats, especially among young males. Uh, homosexual av- advocates blame the promiscuity and pregnancy rates on outside influences, such as societal rejection, peer pressure, and a non-accepting home environment. So it's not their fault. It's, no. This is the fault of someone else. Yep. Like their parents who were probably straight. Mm-hmm. The straight parents mess them up. Yeah. Others point to insufficient uh, sex ed for gay youth. Hmm. To help solve the problem, quilt bags, promiscu- uh, promiscuity, and pregnancy, legislators went to Planned Parenthood. That's a good... That's, oh. There you go. Oh, well, you're not going to get pregnant for long if you no, go there. I'll you're tell not. you that. Well, if you do, you won't be pregnant for long. Like a few minutes, maybe? Government officials gave the nation's largest abortion conglomerate eight million to reduce pregnancies and STDs among oh. homosexual youth in nine states. That feels good. Repeat that. How much money? Uh, 18 million is all. That's not bad. <sighs> but they went directly to Planned Parenthood because those are the people you want handling your youth and their sexuality. Wow. Critics complained that not only is the government answer simply to throw money at the problem. Yeah. <laughs> But to throw money into the hands of the organizations, the, of the organization that promotes promiscuity, y- yes. Teen Wise Minnesota, a pro-gay organization asked, tasked with promoting sexual health, discovered the promiscuity pregnancy disparity 
when student surveys included a question asking students about their sexual orientation. I mean, they should also be checking on the strangeness of these uh, gay kids having hetero sex. Are they gay? I don't know. Are they bi? At least, right? At least that. Because it doesn't work the other way. It, it, you know, if there's, you know, the two girls yeah. involved. You can't make a baby with two or, girls? Or the two guys involved. You that can't? doesn't. Neither of those work for pregnancy's sake. Uh, okay. And uh, maybe that's a really horrible, Hold on. horrifying thing to say Wait, in this day and age. No, 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 no. Science, especially with genders and stuff like that, that doesn't apply science. anymore. So are you sure? No, science doesn't apply, does it? No. That's true. So... So you, so I just want to make sure that I understand this correct. Mm-hmm. In order to become pregnant and make a baby, you need a boy part and a girl part. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you're sticking by that. So far, yeah. What a hater! I might change it by I the end of the day. I can't even look at you. <laughs> the pregnancy rate among homosexuals uh, is as much as seven times greater than heterosexuals. That's a great deal of pregnancy possible sex going on among teen and adults who are suppos- supposedly born that way, to want non-pregnancy possible sex. According to the Federalists, Glenn Stanton, he continued, we must ask what's going on in the emotional lives of these individuals that has them behaving in such hyper-sexualized manners. What emptiness are they seeking to fill? Their own dignity and well-being demands honest investigation free of ideological assumptions. Well, and that's why they went directly to Planned Parenthood, so they could figure that out. Yeah, they'll help them. Of course they'll help them. They'll help them out. They'll help wipe any pregnancy out of their lives. No matter what stage they're in, it's just fine, you know, because it's just tissue in there. So don't even worry about it. I also love this. We can't can't get through the show without showing uh, the vegan vigil for fish. In North Carolina. What in the world? <laughs> this what? is one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite videos. Um, maybe of the year. This is great stuff. Uh. People protesting a North Carolina fishing competition. Protesting with a vigil for the fish. Take a look. This. this is Look fun. at it from the fish's point of view. If you were in your home, you would right. not want a hook to be hooked into your mouth. You would not want to be pulled up. Uh, you want to have to fight hours for your life to be pulled up. You know, the, it's scary. And we are very much a conservation-based tournament. In fact, we, we provide extra payout. Anglers can win extra money if they weigh their fish in alive. And so we encourage them not oh. to kill the fish, but to weigh the fish in alive. And then they get extra money, and we release the fish. You got, we got to play the first part of that again, because I love this guy. <laughs> They're having a bit. Keep in mind, this is at a vigil Vigil? A vegan vigil, vigil for for fish. <laughs> a vegan vigil uh-huh. for fish. Of course, at a fishing competition. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. just play it through this first guy again. This is awesome. Look at it from the fish's point of view. If yeah. you were in your home, you would right. not want a hook to be hooked into your mouth. He's you right. would not want to be pulled up. <laughs> Uh, you want to have to fight hours for your life to be pulled up. You know, no, the, the, it's true. scary. And we are very it's much scary. Con- All right. So if you're in your home, you don't want a hook uh, grabbing your mouth 
mm-hmm. know, and then somebody pulling up on it and then mm-hmm. reeling you in out of your home. I agree. I would not. I, I wouldn't want. I, I wouldn't would want. That. He's right about that. Well, I, I don't want that. And here's the thing: huh? there's no species alive that can do that to me. No, that's the difference between <laughs> humans and fish. Yeah, yeah. You see, <laughs> no. The thing, the thing really is that um, the hooking and the mouth thing. I could almost look mm-hmm. past that. Yeah, it's the don't ask me to commit to three hours to anything. Yeah, unless it's a football game. Three hours reeling it in. How big is this stinking fish? I'm not fighting for my life for three hours. You get to about the 30 minute mark, and I'm calling it a day. You win. <laughs> you won. Yeah. If the hook ain't out in 30 minutes, I'm going about 10 minutes probably. You got 10? Yeah, maybe 10. <laughs> okay, just reel me in now. All right. This is not, I'm not fun. Gonna, yeah. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna fight it. <laughs> wow, it's terrible. Oh man! I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. It's not true. It's just not true, George. There's somebody out there though that wants it to be. Just not true. That guy in North Carolina. Yeah, he wants because it's scary. It is scary. You'd be scared if if some giant hook yeah. came into your house, yeah. and, and it hooked right on your mouth, uh huh, and then it reeled you in out of your home. And, yeah, and that's why I'm scared. constantly yelling at my kids, close the door! You never know when a rogue hook is going to end up in here. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good safety tip. All right. 888 <laughs> Let's say you just got a threatening letter from some bank you don't even recognize, you've never done any business with, and they say that they're foreclosing on your home because you've made no payments. On your $100,000 equity loan, and you think, I, I'm going to ignore this because I haven't made any $100,000 equity loans on my, on my mortgage, on my home. So you forget about it. Well, then you could lose your home because this isn't just some internet scam where, or, or one of those... Uh, cell phone scams where they call you and and leave you the message that the authorities are looking for you and they've they found like four different reasons that they're going to bring you in it's not one of those this is a true story it's called home title fraud and the fbi calls it one of the fastest growing crimes in the country and here's why home titles and mortgages are all stored online now where thieves and foreign or domestic can hunt them. It's super easy. They demonstrated this to me with with my home mortgage, where they went online, found it, got the Texas quit deed form, copied all the information onto it, forged my signature, and now they 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 just file that and they own my home. And then they can take out loans against my equity. Good heavens. There's no bank, there's no identity theft program, there's no insurance that can protect you from this. So that's why you got to do what I did and sign up for Home Title Lock for pennies a day. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title and mortgage. The second it detects tampering, they're on it, helping to shut it down. Find out if you're already a victim of title fraud. Get your $60 search free when you sign up at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network.
returns on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. This catastrophic uh, fire in California, really, really sad. Path of devastation. The seventh most destructive fire in California history. It's burned more than 1,100 structures, left six people dead. It started more than a week ago. It's burned 103,772 acres. That's a, an area bigger than the size of Denver. It's burning so large and intensely that it has created its own localized weather system. So that makes it pretty tough for experts to predict which way the blaze is going to spread. Fires like this can apparently get so hot they make pyrocumulus clouds, formations that look like mushroom clouds and can be seen for miles. Smoke from the massive blaze and another California fire burning near Yosemite National Park called the Ferguson Fire, they can be seen in satellite images. Wow. So it's only... 23% 23% contained right now. That's just it's really tragic. And they were talking about arson being uh, the possible cause of this. Really, really bad. So Mercury One Partners are en route right now to California to provide aid and relief to first responders and those affected by the fires. As of yesterday morning, well, as of now, it's 23% contained. And it's burned, as I said, 103,000 acres. Uh, And Redding, California, has more than 550 structures burned. Operation Barbecue Relief will feed 40 to 60,000 meals over the next 10 days to first responders and those in need. A donation of just $20 can feed five people. Uh, City Impact is sending relief aid to support those who have evacuated and lost their homes. Team Rubicon will likely respond as the fire is contained. So, if you can, please support Mercury One as they support others in our community and across the country. MercuryOne.org slash Redding. MercuryOne.org slash Redding. Triple Eight and our thoughts and prayers with everybody in California. Um... Donald Trump tweeted out today, I'm looking into 3D plastic guns being sold to the public. I already spoke to the NRA. Doesn't seem to make much sense. Okay. All righty. That's a little spooky. So I guess the um, the 3D printing thing, which uh, Cody Wilson was, he reached a settlement with the State Department. Yep. What, three, four weeks ago? He was here talking about it. Yeah. It was a big victory. Now Pennsylvania has stopped him, and I think 17 other states are in the process of trying to stop him, and now the president has sounded off on it, too. Yeah, tonight at midnight, apparently, mm. uh, those schematics are supposed to become available. And that doesn't look like it's going to necessarily happen mm. uh, right now. Uh, so, Cody, I mean... What's he resisting? I don't know. Who, you know, in whose conception, yeah. under what paradigm? Right. You know, you know, I'm just resisting. What am I resisting? I don't know. The collectivization, collectivization of manufacture, the institutionalization of the human, human psyche. psyche. I'm, not, I'm sure. not sure. But I can tell you one thing. What? This is a symbol of reversibility. They can never eradicate the gun from the earth. Is that is it? Is, is it though? Is it? <laughs> I don't know if it is now. 
kind of takes an executive order? Uh, I don't know. Two. Yeah. So, I mean, he was pretty positive when we talked to him a few weeks ago, but now it's, things are kind of turning around here. Might be interesting to talk to him again. Maybe we should call him and, okay. and see if we can get him on get him on the show and find out where he where he's at on this because um, he's got a lot invested in this. And so it uh, be interesting to see where he stands now. <clears throat> As all of these states start to come down on him and say, nope, not here. We, won't, we need an injunction so you can't do this. And it was supposed to happen tonight. Yeah, tonight that at midnight, I believe, is when, uh, wow. when you're supposed to be able to get the 3D plans online. And obviously, you're not going to be able to. Well, it depends on what state you're in, probably. Mm-hmm. 888-900-3393. Uh, I also love this story in San Francisco because um, it's not part of the United States anymore. <laughs> Pretty convinced about that. Two San Francisco sur- supervisors want to do away with employer-provided free lunches, a perk enjoyed by thousands of people who work in the city because restaurant owners say they can't compete. Oh, It's lunchtime at Perennial in Soma, but you wouldn't know it because the seats are all empty. Anthony Mayant is the restaurant owner, and he says it's extremely challenging owning a restaurant so close to big companies that have their own on-site free employee cafeterias. How dare they? I think it's never been harder to run a restaurant in the city than right now. Other restaurant owners in the area agree. We see in our, we see it in our business. We see thousands of employees at a block radius that don't go out to lunch and don't go out in support of restaurants every day. Mm. It's because they don't have to. Yeah. So they shouldn't be able to bring lunch with them from home either, I guess, nope. right? That nope. should be Ill- illegal. Yeah, we need the government to step in and do something about this. Thank you. It's about time. Mm-hmm. You can't compete with free. Free food is a wonderful amenity, but doesn't do anything to extend the community around it. Yeah, that's not their job. That is not their job. So cities are now trying to ban companies like Facebook and Google from offering free lunch to their employees. And they're taking steps to do just that right now. (laughs) Oh, man. Every day we lose a little bit more of ourselves. 888-900-3393. Use that number tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. I'm Packer Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.